Hey, have you ever wanted an opportunity to learn and hear great conversation? If you want a chance to join that conversation. Each week we get the chance to talk to different creative people from all walks of life, whether it be singer-songwriters, writers, comic book writers, comic book artists, different creatives out there in the world. Even some wrestlers and people that get into different things like that. So we want the opportunity to have those conversations and we hope you'll join us. Thank you for coming to join us on Conversations About dot dot dot. The fun part is to be who fills in the blank. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another very American-centric edition uh, of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. My name is Will. I am joined by the wonderful bros known as the Rasco Bros. Say hi, gentlemen. How's it going, everybody? I'm Smider Roscoe here with my older brother, Jingles Roscoe. And today we are here to talk to you about Falcon and the Winter and the Winter Soldier, and or, uh, our thoughts on the show, the six episode arc that we got, uh, even a little bit of the news about the the uh, fourth Captain America movie. Yeah, uh, I thought it was funny. I was at work the other day, and somebody was just like. How's it four Captain America movies? I was like, well, there's Captain America First Avenger. They were like, okay. There's Captain America Winter Soldier. I was like, wait, okay. There was Captain America Civil War. I thought that was Avengers. No. no. Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. And that's the third one. So then this one will be the fourth. And they're like, I didn't, didn't, I never realized it. I thought that it was like an Avengers something. I was like, no, it was just Captain America Civil War. Um, it was very Cap-Citric. What was it? Uh, I, 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 that's what I appreciate. As soon as Falcon and Winter Soldier wrapped up, Disney drops the news about, oh, by the way, we're, we're definitely going to be putting out Captain America four and it's going to be Anthony Mackie as if we were supposed to be surprised about it. Wow. Right. Right. That's crazy. You guys, you guys spent a whole mini series pushing anthony mackie for SummerSlam, so you want us to be surprised <laughs> when he we, he comes out with his with his new gimmick captain america mm-hmm. and we're all supposed to be all like oh boy i wonder if he's gonna show up for wrestlemania like i i i think uh i think there might be a certain power broker in the other corner with uh some, right. some people yeah what do you people. uh Mm. I say we just dive right into it. What, uh, do we have any news that we want oh, to? Oh, sorry. Yeah, with? let's go ahead and do the news. Actually, this week, no. Uh, yeah. It's not that I don't have news. Is that I really want to just get straight into this? Okay. I also so, don't have the news. Thing about news that's fun is mm-hmm. that you know we can always come back to it if we miss it. So, uh, do you have I any got, news? I could, I think the only news that I have is that Yasuke. Uh, got on a Netflix. Oh my I gosh. haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. Oh yet. my gosh! I really want to watch yeah, we, it. We gonna we're nope. gonna have to do an episode on it when y'all do. That's well, sure, eventually. Yeah. But oh my gosh. Yeah, but I want to get. I'll check it out. I want to check it out, and I'm going. Woo! To. Man, now that's all I'm gonna say. That's Woo! all I'm gonna say. Um, hey, did you guys know that in Naruto, the Killer B is uh, based off of Yasuke? What? Really? Yeah. 
killer. I thought Bates? he was just. I thought he yeah. was just supposed to be some sort of hip hop artist. No, he was based I off of Yasuke. Oh wow! I'll be damned. Okay. Yeah, loosely. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, about I was also based off of Yasuke. So about about as closely uh, based off of Yasuke as anything else in Naruto is based <laughs> off of stuff like Jiraiya and uh, Orochimaru. Yeah, not the Slug Princess. Yeah, yeah. All those people they're loosely based off of uh, fast and loose. Fast and loosely based off of. Um, um, mythology stuff. You know but who, Yasuke was a historical figure. You know who so got that's a, a fast and loose adaptation? Who? Battlestar. Yeah, he did. I saw. <laughs> no, check it out. So when we were watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we're going through it, all and, spoilers from this point forward. Oh, yeah, it's your own fault, up, guys. It's so. only spoilers from here on. Um, when we were first watching it, and we're going through, and we're see Battlestar jingles. So jingles, I. This may not, I'm going to tell you guys right now, this is not the optimal viewing experience the way that we did it, but it's like, it's how we like it, mm-hmm. just because we're learning as we're going. Anytime a new character would name drop something, Jingles would quickly look it up and then we'd check it out. Yes. Battlestar, <laughs> I am so happy, well... Lamar Hoskins. Lamar Hoskins. Because he calls himself Battlestar once. Let's be honest Let's here. Be honest. He's Lamar in this He's show. Lamar. And boy, uh, did it upset Bucky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, as soon as... He as soon as, happy with that. Uh, as soon as Lamar showed up, I was all like, oh, are you the new one? <laughs> and, then, and then he was like, I'm Battlestar. And I was all like, that's funny. <laughs> Like, uh, I honestly then, wish somebody had had a Galactica joke in there, like somebody like like Galactica. Yeah, Battlestar Galactica. Like, no, it's just Battlestar. No, I'm just Battlestar. Oh, okay, but yeah, Battlestar existed before Battlestar Galactica. That ironically, yeah. No, no. Whoa! No. Battlestar Galactica was a '70s series, sir. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. All right, so he's looking <laughs> it up right now, Will. Uh, but okay, let me tell you that w- no, no, no. This is for you and me now. While well, he's busy looking that up, <laughs> uh, but while we were going through and we're watching and we see Battlestar and Jingles pulls up the comic book version of Battlestar, I'm thinking to myself, it's like that's what. It's interesting to see when you go lower down the list of heroes and villains for Marvel and DC, how much people's costumes look like just like everybody else's mm-hmm. and when i saw battlestar i was all like you could have told me that that dude's name was anything else and i would have believed you <laughs> okay it was a movie in the 70s that nobody cared about oh and then what was the series the series the tv series you hold on while i look <laughs> things up and explain things will <laughs> Every time I'm all like, well, you see, it's this. And then you're like, well, what about this? I'm like, I'm going to get there, Will. I'm literally looking at the data. I'm looking at the data. I want I want to explain things in chronological order here. Fair enough. There was then the TV series that started in 2004. That's the one people care about. I see okay, 2004. Look. Wow. And then about to start the character, he looks old. So, I, but I don't know how old. Well, who? Battlestar, the character. Oh, the oh, oh Lamar. Yeah, 
1978. Yeah, I said 70s. Yeah, but there was an actual TV show from 1978 to 1979. There was a movie and a show. Dang, you the mean like a show? Dirk Benedict, Lauren Green, Robert, uh, Richard Hatch. Uh, show. Down on ABC from September 17th to April. There was a web series that was trash. I know that. I know I probably shouldn't see it this way, but I think it's adorable you both looking this up. Yeah. Both of you like counter counter researching each other. Either way, it lasted one season and it people didn't care about it because <laughs> the the uh, two thousand four series was way better. <laughs> when people think about Battlestar Galactica, they think about the two thousand four series. Now check it out. I got something that you both might actually be okay with. All right. A compromise. All right. Now, since the MCU takes place in modern day, right, and they've made plenty of real-world pop culture references, mm-hmm. what's to say that that joke still wouldn't stand? No, I think it would. Because Battlestar, within the context of the MCU, could still be all like, well, Anthony Mackie or um, Sebastian Stan could still be mm-hmm. all like, oh, oh, like Battlestar Galactic. Actually, Bucky probably wouldn't. Anthony Mackie might. Mm-hmm. And uh, the character of Battlestar from the Marvel series uh, came out in '86. Mm-hmm. So the the weird '70s show had been uh, over for almost ten years by that point. <laughs> the weird. It, uh, can, Prove it's me weird wrong. You put a caveat every single time with it's either weird or it was bad or nobody cared about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. I'm just going to put that out there right now. I just want to say that, that I, I just want to point out a little something funny here that I'm reading here in uh, on the Marvel Wiki here about oh Lamar goodness. Hoskins. Uh, He's going to continue to talk about how Battlestar Galactica was trash for the 70s. I got you. Go no, ahead. no, no. I, I <laughs> Look, I've already forgotten about it like everyone else has. <laughs> oh, Somebody's going to come in like there's going to be an yeah. old nerd. Can we can 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 we get a uh, uh, seventy six uh, Battlestar Galactica fan uh, to to call in, to call leave a message, and defend and it? Dude, please defend it for me. Defend yourself. That Battlestar that is something I would like. Come on the podcast oh. and defend yourself, Battlestar Galactica. So, um, Lamar Hoskins. Yes, I'm reading his uh, his power grid because you know they have to rank all of the heroes oh, on right, a power yeah, grid and stuff. Right. His highest stat is a six, a six out of ten. Okay. Which is pretty good. Yeah, that's decent. That stat is durability. I don't mm. want that to sink in. <laughs> oh. To which I have to say, I, you did there. I guess Holy, not. I, I, I want that to sink in. <laughs> I'm just going to let that sink in. Oh. He wasn't looking very durable when he got his neck broke. Well, that's because he, unlike his friend, didn't get the serum. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. Interesting conversation, though. In the comics, he, he was boosted, though. And it, yep. I felt like it was a really interesting conversation, actually, when... You, you remember when um, U.S. Agent, and I refuse to call him anything else. Thank you. When U.S. Agent and Battlestar were sitting down and they were talking about the Super Soldier Serum. Yeah, Johnny Walker and, and Lamar. I don't know who those are. Uh, 
and they they always say John Walker, but I'm always I always go with Johnny. I, I just like I Johnny like that Walker you call better. Him that like you know him personally. Yeah, I, we, we know each other. We know okay, each, like, on a first name basis. <laughs> we on a first name basis. We're on more than a first name basis. He's in, he's in my phone is Johnny. <laughs> Johnny boy, Johnny boy Walker. So when uh, so when Johnny the big bad boy Walker is t- chilling out with. His best friend forever, Lamar. Yeah. Um, I thought it was actually a really fascinating conversation. I thought it was a good scene. Between, like, as a mirror conversation between um, Sam and Bucky. And when they were talking about the Super Soldier Serum. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how quick. I think you'll find that his name is not Bucky, it's James. James Buchanan. <laughs> Jimbo, Jimmy Buchanan. It's Barnes. <laughs> Bucko. Jimmy I'm gonna Buchanan. call him Bucko. Sammy and Bucko are, <laughs> Sammy having, and Bucko. Uh, are having their conversation with Zemo and uh, explaining Helmut. That they're all like, "Oh, sorry, yeah, helmet, helmet." And Sam is so quick. Sammy boy is so quick to turn down the idea of. The serum. Can I say something really quick about uh, Zemo? Because I might forget later. Oh, my goodness. Uh, for uh, the longest time, okay. his actor, because he's been in a lot of movies, he's yeah. a terrific actor. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. He speaks like 18 languages. Yeah, Daniel um, Brule. Yeah. Um, whenever I, I'd seen him in um, Civil War, and then I also saw him in this show, I was all like, why is he putting on such a thick, fake accent? It sounds so weird. I'm like, oh, that's his real accent. Yeah, that's oh, no. Act- just his natural <laughs> it's accent. It's his natural German accent. So, oh. uh, I loved how they contrasted that conversation to Walker and Lamar mm-hmm. and how... It's it's completely opposite attitudes between without a thought, like without second guessing myself, I would not take the serum. Right. Versus without a second thought, I would take the serum. Oh, yeah. And it's interesting to me because I feel like if you if you within <laughs> the timeline of the narrative, if you would have moved Walker taking the serum just after Lamar's death, mm-hmm. the implications of that would be completely different. It would it would be different. Yeah. yeah. With him taking it beforehand, there is this underlying theme of guilt for him and mm-hmm. self-destruction, yeah. which he was already building towards. Mm-hmm. But with Lamar dying after he had already taken the serum, it ends up putting more on John. And it ends up putting more on him to think of I've completely it even with the strength of a super soldier he couldn't save Lamar right and it was and it was pretty much even directly because of the fact that he took the super soldier serum which just exacerbated all of the negative parts of himself that Lamar died pretty much because of him Mm-hmm. And his poor choices, and the fact that he chose to engage the flag smashers, mm-hmm. and I just think that's sort of fascinating to see all of that fall apart. You yeah. look like you remembered something funny, though. 
Oh, I was just uh, when you were like um, L- Lamar's over here and talking with John and uh, Bucky and Sam are over here and they're talking with each other um, and they're asking uh, if you could take the serum, would you and stuff. And in my mind, I was just like um, the the beginning uh, guitar chords from uh, Lose Yourself by Eminem is playing. <laughs> and it's just all like oh, if you had one shot, the super soldier, the soldier, shot. So, the super soldier shot. Would, Would you, you take, take it? it? <laughs> wow. Yep. <laughs> that's a loaded. That's a loaded thought process there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> Although I don't know that I want Eminem to do another Marvelish soundtrack since Venom. And I don't know Venom. how I feel about that. <laughs> Look, he already uh. made "Lose Yourself." You could just put it in there. Yeah, he, true. He was he made Venom specifically for Venom. That's the difference there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but it is interesting. Yeah, that is an interesting parallel, and they did a lot of paralleling in this show, which I appreciate mm-hmm. that, how much paralleling they did between Captain America and uh, First Avenger. It, all the Captain America movies, they made a lot of interesting parallels. Mm-hmm through this show so i thought that was really cool yeah i thought it was very interesting that they would uh they do that um i think one of my favorite parallels is probably the moment that uh our boy just loses his ever-loving mind um and decides that he he woke up and decided it woke up and uh chose violence (laughs) on a flag smasher (laughs) and um next thing you know uh, the shield went down more than once, and the shield came back up and had stuff all over the side of it there. And um, it reminded me of the scene in Civil War where Steve almost, it looks like Steve's going to do the same thing, but he ends up hitting the arc reactor and just leaving. Mm-hmm. For Iron Man. Like, and Iron Man's even trying. Hello? Okay, am I not? There you go. There you are. Okay, so my computer went weird for a second. And so I connected on my phone. But I guess when it reconnected on the computer, once it rebooted, I guess it just disconnected me from the phone. (laughs) Okay. So hang on a second. I'm going to switch headphones. Okay, yep. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, you were saying uh, the parallels with uh, a Captain America Civil War and the arc reactor. That's where you cut out. Yeah. So so when John Walker, of course, has his shield up at that moment, he does what he does. And uh, matter of fact, he tries that move a few times. Like when he's fighting, Cap- when he's fighting Falcon and, and uh, Bucky. They're, you know, very much fighting each other in the warehouse, and he's trying to go for that decapitation move. Like he feels like he's on Mortal Kombat all of a sudden. He's all like, "Decapitation attempt failed." You know, he's just he's just trying to take these guys out. And even when they're fighting, 
him in the warehouse, there's two callbacks for me. The first one was when they're kind of throwing the shield to each other as they're fighting him at the end of the fight. And, then the, and that reminds me of Civil War where Bucky and Cap were actually fighting Iron Man. And then when you see Sam with the thrusters trying to get the shield off him when he gets the shield back, and it reminded me of uh, Infinity War when they were trying to get the gauntlet off of Thanos. Not saying that John Walker was anything near Thanos-level threat, but to them at that moment he was. Because he was still filled with all that rage and the unknowns of the strength and all that stuff that he had due to the serum that, he, that we saw he had obviously taken at that point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are a lot of other parallels, but I've talked about a lot of those in the uh, Easter egg episode. Yeah, and those are all very, very, very intentional. That's what it's supposed to feel like and look like, which some of them I thought were were good and I really liked, and others I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, well, I well, didn't like. It, it, it's not that I didn't think they were good. It's just that I was like, okay, you, you don't have to call back that often, you know, um, like okay. the 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 Thanos part with the, the trying to pull the shield off and all that. Oh, I'm like, yeah. okay. That's that's fine. I liked Weird. the I liked the when when John was coming down with the shield. Mm. Um, that was one that I really liked, and a few of the others that I saw. But mm. there was a couple where it's just all like, okay, that's fine. I guess. I th- I feel like I feel like it was too many. Mm. I feel like if you do it too much, then it gets dumb, you know. And I feel like there's a lot of shows that do that. So yeah. Um. And other movies and stuff that I've seen that I'm just like, okay, that was yeah. you did it too many times now. Yeah, rain it, rain it in now. <laughs> um, uh. and, and especially when it's like, um, that was an Avengers thing, not necessarily a Captain America thing, right? With the with Thanos and all that. Yeah, that's why I, yeah. I prefer to see, um, John Walker giving or given uh, similar situations that. Um, Steve went through. Steve had to go through, mm-hmm. and seeing the different choice that he made that Steve would yeah. have done. Yeah, I like that. But yeah. it's when it's all like, oh no, it's it's similar to Thanos. I'm like, he's not Thanos. <laughs> don't no. try, don't try and bill him like that. <laughs> Super soldiers are strong. They're not that strong. <laughs> but you know, and especially considering. They're not strong enough to give the Hulk an L without using a without using a gem. Right. They're not that strong. And besides, Bucky is also juiced up. That's true. Yep. Bucky should have been able to just handle it himself. You know, I'm going to be honest. I I'm thinking about like am I the only one that feels uh a little gray on the details when it comes to comparing the super soldier serums because mm. i i'm i'm thinking i don't know if this is just me but and i know that didn't ever say it outright so it's kind of up to us to piece it together but yeah. i'd be i'd be willing to accept that anybody that's ever taken the super soldier serum is on the same playing field but i also i'm not quite sure if that's the case like, yeah. what if this new serum isn't as potent as what happened to Steve? Mm-hmm. Or what if the serum yeah. that was given, the, the newer serum, 
isn't as potent as what happened to uh, Bucky. Because mm-hmm. there was some part in my head that was all like, okay, these guys are juiced, but they're not like, they're not the Winter Soldier. Right. Um, yeah. Well, but uh, scientists have said that, you know, when he did the serum that he did, he did it in such a way where it didn't change the muscular mass of the person. Right. It gave them the strength above the super soldier serum without impacting their physique. So you couldn't look at them and tell that they yeah. were, you know, on it. Yeah. Hence why Kari uh, looked like a normal teenage or young lady yeah. who could kick the crap out of you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, uh, you know, I get that. You know, now that, you know, I'm bringing that back up, I can, I can see them, I can see them basically billing it as like, it's just as, just as good as the other one, but now much more compact. It's a much nicer model now. It's mm-hmm. a much more sleek model. I could buy that. Um, I am longing for much more Zemo. And I want, I wanted him to wear his helmet longer for more stuff. Well, I got a funny feeling that either in a Dark Avengers show or a Thunderbolt show, I got a feeling we'll be seeing him. Jingles is more. really feeling the Thunderbolts. I can see Thunderbolts, but I'm going to be honest. Uh, Val, as she hates to be called, mm-hmm. feels like a very dark version of Nick Fury. She's kind of assembling her own team of folk. And uh, I talked about her origins a little bit more in the Easter egg episodes. If you want to go check the Easter egg episode, you can find out more about who she was in the comics and uh, how she eventually becomes Madame Hydra in the comics. So... I don't know if we'll see that or not, but I, I could definitely see her putting together this team of Avengers that, you know, because she even said things are going to get weird. And when they do, we're not going to need a Captain America. We're going to need a, a pause, dramatic, <gasps> a U.S. agent. Uh... Roll credits. How do you like <laughs> How do you like how they didn't even do anything with the U.S. agent outfit? They just made it black. Oh, and yeah. It, I like it because when we first saw Walker's Walker show up, immediately Jingles and I were all like, "It's just his U.S. agent outfit." Yeah. <laughs> just so, blue. Yeah, just blue. And then when they just turned it black, I was all like, oh, "Okay, fair, fair." I felt I was. They a asked why. They oh, yeah. asked Wyatt Russell okay. about the. Uh, you know, because of course the first memes that came up right after they debuted him at the end of the first episode was the the old man from Up. Yes, I remember that because of the fact that he kind of looks like that character in that hood and everything. And he said, "I don't think I've ever laughed more in my life <laughs> when I saw that." He said, I, "I sent it to my dad to see how he felt <laughs> no! about it." Or his dad being Kurt Russell. Yes, and his dad Never said, "Son, you you know you've accomplished something when they're making fun of you." <laughs> my boy I was just like that's awesome <laughs> call me snake <laughs> I don't know why I would dad uh, you've never that'd be asked a me. weird Thanksgiving dinner conversation <laughs> your dad is snake apples. <laughs> yeah his dad is also Santa Claus he sure is we don't talk about that and but so many uh, other things hashtag not my Santa Claus that's uh, um, 
Tim Allen. You know, uh, ah. <laughs> you know who is you know uh, who's uh, who is my Captain America? Hmm. Uh, Anthony Mackie. He looks great. That <laughs> outfit looks great. Yeah, we just yes, gonna just gonna move forward. I'm well, we're, we're just, just doing general discussion, gonna, man. Why are just shooting around? Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, what do you think about that Sharon Carter reveal? I didn't uh, like it, but I didn't. I it, It's not like a deal breaker for me. Okay. So I was, I've was i been talking with the guys. And there's they yeah. like the MCU, they make changes. Make sure. changes a lot. Yeah. We've talked about it. I hear um, some changes I'm cool with, some changes I'm not. Uh, but if, it, if there's a change that I don't agree with, I'm not going to be all like, oh, this was stupid, blah, blah, blah. This was a bad idea, bad decision, blah, blah, blah. I'll just be like, okay, that's the direction that they're going to go. So I'm, they'll probably make it work later down the line. And they often do. Uh, that, that, like the stuff with Ego, like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they melded together a few different characters to create Ego how he is in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm... At first, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But then they made it amazing. Uh, and I ended up loving it. And it's yeah. probably going to be the same thing with uh, with Sharon. Like, I don't like that. Oh, I guess she's bad now because she was such an ally before. Um, but if they work on it and build it and have it make more sense, uh, then I'll probably be more cool with it. Um, otherwise, I just I thought it was kind of annoying um okay. because mainly because it's just all like why why though and it's like when, uh, when, when she gets her part in why is she still bad uh, I, I, can no, I, I can i give a little bit of perspective on it maybe sure okay so she talks about when they first meet her like first of all i'll be honest i think she shot Sylvie. Like, as soon as they thought that she was going to tell who the power broker was or whatever, I think she was the one that shot Sylvie to begin with. Just because of the way the sniper was, quote, positioned, and then just happened to show up at the end of their running path. I'm like, I think she knew where they were going to go. And so she, that's just a speculation station on that one. But I think she was the one that shot Sylvie. But then when she's talking to Sam and Bucky, and she says, for example, like, how's the new Captain America doing? And he's all like, don't even get me started. And she's just like, yeah, I used to believe in this system uh, that was good for this and good for that. But, you know, over time, things change. And, and Sam looked at her. You know, Sam, one of the coolest things about Sam and the way Anthony Mackie played him, that counselor was always right at the forefront. Like, him trying to help resolve issues was always right there. Like, it was like, it wasn't even a call card for him. It was part of who he was. He was always trying to listen to people and then offer guidance to help fix. Not fix so much in a literal sense, but just, I'm offering this out there. If you want to take it, you can take it. But when she says, there's a line she says, when she says, when you guys were given pardon, I was the one, remember that, I got in trouble because I gave Steve that and then gave you your wings to help him get out of his mess. And I've had to do what I could do to survive. So in that regard, she had to run for a long period of time. She never got, you know, she wasn't there to save the world from Thanos at the end. 
So she wasn't given a she wasn't given the ability to come back. So her name in her mind had already been tarnished. So she's living in Madripoor. She's doing what she does to survive, and it just went to the point where it's like she started developing a whole new mindset because of what happened to her. And so then she became this person. She got power. She got position. She she got authority in a in a world that you know may not have given her that authority until she earned it. So when she comes back into it, you know, she's like, okay, so now super soldiers off the table, but we got access to all this other stuff now. Let's start getting people lined up. So she's not going to walk away from that if it's a position of power for her. Not saying she's right in it, but I can understand why if you felt dejected, if you felt uh, that your country no longer loved you or cared about you anymore, that you were you were part of a cog in a wheel for your country. And then when you went and tried to risk your life for the sake of these friends of yours, then they go off and fight this big battle. Some of them disappeared and then they come back and they're all forgiven, but you were part of the reason why they were able to do what they did, but you're still not. So I feel like she got jaded really bad, not only by the government, but by the Avengers even. Like, And then Steve goes off and again, this is not speculation station again. Because Steve goes off and goes and lives this life with her aunt. You know. And it's always like there was a brief moment where you kind of thought there was going to be a thing between him and Sharon. And not to say that she knows that, because it's not like, you know, she, she knows what happened really. But she knows he wasn't with her. And so maybe that contributed to the whole anger, displacement, and change in loyalty. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my little two cents on it. Right, and I, like they explain that, and that's why I'm saying I don't I don't disagree with them making those decisions. I just think that she's being a little whiny baby about it. That's my thing. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I, I, one one more sense. thing. <laughs> One more thing, Will. When Jingle says, I think she's being a whiny baby about it, that is a purely a personal... Yeah, that's a completely personal thing. It's mm-hmm. uh, There's so many of these other characters that like the U.S. government went up against them. Hydra kind of took over for a little bit, but then they took down Hydra. And then... You know, she did all this stuff to help out all these heroes, and then the heroes saved the world and brought back people that got snapped away because of Thanos and all this other stuff. And she's all like, well, I helped out, and but it was also clear that she didn't try to get a pardon either. Yeah. <laughs> she, she established herself in Madripoor, which... By the way, really excited that Madripoor is now officially a part of the MCU. Can't wait to see what they're going to do with that because Madripoor is rad. Mm-hmm. Um, and by rad, we mean it's it's crime island. It's it's crime island <laughs> with where only the most powerful crime lords can crime at the very top of the crime island. Yeah, I love the they fact can. that we got that moment from Zemo. Zemo has some of the best lines. He does, of yeah. course, ever. Yeah. Uh, when he looks at Sam and Sam is dressed as Bronze Tiger. Oh, I love says, that line. Yeah. Yeah. When he says, Oh my gosh, we're going to do something about this outfit. I look like a pimp. He says, Only an American could look at a fashion forward black man and think he looks like a pimp. Yeah. Uh, as soon as he said that, I was like, like, What? Like, <laughs> what? Why is Zemo saying stuff that'll preach? What is that? No. 
here's the thing. And I think it's perfect coming from Zemo because he's so worldly. He is very worldly. Yep. It was a Baron. I love, oh Baron. my gosh. When Zemo started coming back into the, I loved everything that they did with Zemo. As soon as Zemo started coming back into the picture, it, I, I loved how he bounced off of Bucky and Sam. And yeah. clearly Zemo has his schemes and you should never trust Zemo. But one thing I loved about Zemo is that he had like the moment that he started showing off his old position and his position of power. He had so much class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Zemo had such great taste in like food and uh, opulence and art and even lodging. And he's a baron. Yeah. yeah. And that's what th- I love. As soon as they get on the plane, and he's all like, and he reveals that, yeah, he's absolutely a baron. And his family has all this money. And um, when he says, I, there was something about that I just found very cathartic. Just because I feel, I don't know, part of me always liked what they did Hang with on, Zemo. I got a phone Civil- call. All right. Sorry about that. No sweat? Judy's gone. I'm surprised anybody was calling out here, but it is what it is. All right, so continue. We're talking about Zemo. Okay, I'm going to take a pause. I like what they did with Zemo in Civil War, but I always wanted more of that grandiose backstory that I remember of Zemo being this baron who... Assembles the masters of evil and like always threw his authority around and how well-spoken, smarter he was than everybody else. Uh, so it was nice to see more of that. And yeah. uh, I'm, I don't know. Obviously, Zemo's still alive. He's being sent to Wakanda to, I assume, to face Wakandan justice. And no, he was sent to the raft. He went back to the oh, raft. Oh, sorry. Yes, he was. Went, he was sent the Dora Milaje did capture him, but then went back to the yeah, raft. Yeah, he went back to the raft. And uh, even in the super villain prison, Zemo still has influence and power. Dude. And Dude. When, when I, we get to the end, yeah, that's crazy. I cannot wait to see if Zemo pulls off the Masters of Evil. And I would love that. I think that. we're going to get the Thunderbolts before we get the Massive Evil, to be honest. Totally. I, I'd be fine with that, too. 
All I want is Zemo to put together the Masters of Evil. I mean, we can leave out the Black Knight guy. He's kind of lame. I want the Sinister Six. You want the Sinister Six? Alright, well... Well, honestly, I feel like if if I were to hold my breath on either, I think we'd probably get the Sinister Six way before. It was clear that that was the plan with the... Um, Spider The Amazing Spider-Man 3. Yeah. But then The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 were hot garbage, (laughs) and so that didn't work out. Well, it's possible we may get uh, get that. I mean, they keep... Every week it seems like they keep adding more people to this movie, and I'm just saying, at some point, can we just start speculating who... Like, can we just start throwing in random names of people who should be in this movie? Like, can we get Puma? Can we get Rocket Racer at this point? Because it seems like everybody else is getting in this movie. <laughs> stilt Man. Uh, like, no, yeah. not Stilt Man. Lady Stilt Man. <laughs> yeah! I can't like, high-five I you from where I'm at, but I want to. Like, I need Boomerang from the the Spider-Man's Rogue Gallery. I need Boomerang. I need Beetle. I just, <laughs> just want the most obscure characters in this movie. We still haven't gotten Scorpion in live action, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Mm, that's true but matt gargan is there matt gargan he is, is in, in there he's in he the prison in there. yeah he's in the prison didn't he mention in the prison at the end with mm-hmm. uh yeah yeah and he's got a little scorpion tattoo yep yep so here's hoping that uh hoping that that happens yeah <laughs> i'm just happy for more zemo and i'm looking forward to seeing yeah. as a chess piece a narrative chess piece what they're going to do with him later you mean you didn't watch the one-hour dance thing where they had him dancing to a different music for an hour? Uh, no, because I watched that the scene a big when movie? it came out, and I was all like, oh, no, <laughs> this is going to blow up. Mm-hmm. And it did. It sure <laughs> did. I think the few seconds that we got on the screen was enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Fred, I, just, I was just sitting there when I saw this. I was just like, oh, gosh, they're going to make an hour-long dance mix. You had no clue, Will. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. (laughs) Counterpoint. The internet. We'll continue the internet. So so we feel like we kinda we've kind of discussed Sharon Carter and how we feel about her. Yeah. I used to like her. I thought she I thought the ending made her a button. I'm not a big fan of that because I liked her. But it's like it's similar in a weird way. It's not the same, but it's similar in many ways to Carol Danvers. Mm. I really liked Carol Danvers. I thought she was great. Modern Carol Danvers is a button. I don't like her. Mm. And I wish yeah. she wasn't a butt. Yeah. Same with Fair enough. Uh, Sharon Carter. I, I liked Sharon Carter a lot before, and now she's a butt. I can't I tell like you that. how many conversations we've had with Roscoe's sister about uh, Carol Danvers. And uh, is, she is like What was that? sister a fan of... uh, Roscoe's sister is a fan of... uh, She loves Batwoman and She-Hulk. Those are her favorites. And uh, she was actually getting into Carol Danvers as a character. And now Roscoe's sister hates her too. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't worry, because they're making Carol even better, because now they're giving her even more power. She's going to be in an alternate reality where she becomes the Sorceress Supreme, because she needs more power in her life. Oh, boy. Where's this taking place at? 
this is during the well it's actually started already but they're going to continue it in the whole heroes reborn arc oh ew. they're doing it in marvel and oh, stuff that i'm not buying so i can save some money i'm not buying marvel for the next couple of months <laughs> at like, least it's it. all wrapped up man <laughs> yeah i might consider coming back after depending on what they're doing but mm. you know man i wonder what's going to happen in the next big will holland chapter I hope he finally. I hope Big Will Holland finally finds that power he was seeking, so that he can you defeat the king. That's that's the goal. That's the goal. Always the goal. All right. Uh, so can I just? I can I just give a big? Uh, can we just appreciate for the moment that Dora Milaje showing up and putting in serious work, not only in that the White Wolf. So we have to refer to him as White Wolf in this moment because that's what he is in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, White Wolf realizing that not only was he being was were they being tracked, but who was tracking them, and so he turns around and Ao was there, and so they go through this whole conversation and you see her doing the whole last steps, where he's you know he's hoping he doesn't go off, he's hoping he doesn't go off, and she's like I won't let you hurt anybody like that's a bad woman. Mm. to sit there and be like I'm not going to let you hurt anybody you're going to sit here, you're going to do this we're going to check to see if this thing works and you ain't got to worry about it because if something goes off the off the, off the rockers I will deal with it <laughs> but to go through all that and to see him go through this emotional challenge where he realizes he's not he, he's not going off anymore I actually and she says like, you're free I actually would have liked to have seen more, in, more of her and Bucky no, you know, not even, it, not even, not even in a romantic context. Just more yeah. of uh, an exploration of even friendship, because her being there to be the person to basically help Bucky unbrainwash himself. Yeah, like that's nothing to sneeze at. That's that. I feel like there's a an opportunity to explore a deep friendship or even a possible romance between the two. Well, um, that would work, except for depending on how they're keeping her character. If they're writing her character true to comics, mm-hmm. she has a relationship with another member of the Dora Milaje. Ah, okay. No, so I'm not if they sure do if that, go that route. But, if they do you know, that, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But now, uh, I will say also that fight though. Oh yeah, sure. Where they did great. They show up, you know, at my favorite line in that moment, John Walker is all like, Well, you know, I'm sorry, I don't know who you ladies are. I don't know how you people do this, but you know, this isn't your jurisdiction. Her response was no. Wherever the Dora Milaje are, that's where our jurisdiction is. So, like, that's really powerful, and I don't think I'm you like, appreciate that. Bro! And, of course, Sam, Sam, love Sam. Hey, you may want to go a couple of rounds with Bucky before you go a couple of rounds with these women. I'm just saying, <laughs> you don't want that smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then John Walker decides to put his hands on AO. I was like, oh, it's on now. Like, I could imagine in an alternate take, like, Bucky grabbing a bowl of popcorn and handing a bowl to Sam. Hey, you wanted to watch this? He's like, yeah, dog, I got it. <laughs> just watching him. Him and, uh, him and Battlestar. 
They just went to town. It was beautiful. And then the arm moment. Oh! Where she took the arm off of him. She's just like, I'm going to hit you here. I'm going to hit you here. I'm going to hit you there. And your arm falls off. He's just looking at her like, what did you just do? She's like, what we've been trained to do. <laughs> like, we can take it away from you. Which I think is mean-spirited. <laughs> you know. Well, well, come on. Not, Bucky wasn't it. actually going to hurt anybody. But then well, she had to deactivate his arm just to make a point. And I yeah, think she it, just did it just to show, like, we can take this away. We gave it to you. We can take it away. Oh, please. She could have been all like, there's an off switch right here. And it could have been all like, please don't ever touch that. That'll really demasculate me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love to see Sam. I love to see Sam say, "Hey, can you teach me that? Can you uh, get that aligned? Can you show me how to do that?" <laughs> but the ba- I, one thing that I just really appreciate is that thematically speaking, there was no way Walker was ever going to win that fight. Um, no, he needed not close. from a story perspective, he needed to lose that fight. Yeah. Uh, so that we could see his character continue to spiral out of control. Uh, just, just based off that one line where he was saying, it's like, oh, they weren't they even super soldiers. <laughs> and uh, the fact, like, it's kind of funny to think about, but when you see him despair like that, it, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm watching, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> that's That's not good. That's going to push him over. Yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting how that worked. Because and Zemo, and they remembered that Zemo pulled El Chapo. You know <laughs> how he just got, got out of there and everything. I thought that was really neat. But yeah, that fight needed to happen. I love the fact that the other member of the Dora Milaje kicks the shield up just like Cap did and grabbed it. Mm-hmm. And then like Ale was like, he's gotten away. Let him have the shield back. Mm-hmm. And then she just handed it back to him like, I was gonna take it. I could have totally taken his shield from you, and you couldn't have done anything to stop me. Yeah. But here you go. Now, I don't know if this is uh, this probably could just be me, and you know that's just the way that my brain works. Um, I thought the fight choreography was great, but I wasn't surprised on the outcome one bit. Like as soon as the Dora Milaje showed up, I knew that it was going to be a fight and they were going to win. But what I wasn't anticipating is how much this was going to affect. Walker, and that was that was the thing I came away with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I definitely, and the person we really haven't talked about yet, we haven't really talked about Carly. Uh, I feel oh, like yeah. Carly's kind of the person we haven't really talked about yet, and she, uh, of course, for those who don't know, she's based off the original character Carl Morgenthal, who was a dude dressed in a very obvious black and white suit for being a flag smasher. And, uh, you know, not very, um, you know, I don't know that that would have translated as well. So I'm glad they did it the way they did it. And they interviewed the actress and she was just like, so they showed me the comics and I was just like, oh, wait, so not only are we gender bending it, bending it, but we're also getting me out of this costume because I would hate to have to wear that. <laughs> I don't wear a black and white, black and white costume like that. But she said, but it was more about the ideals that he espoused. You know, and everything, and how he was just like, you know, the people 
need to be free, the people need to be this. And so she t- she really appreciated the ideology that she carried. But then over time, how she slowly descended into this almost madness of we have to do whatever we need to do in order to make this happen type thing. So I thought that was really cool. Before we keep going on with Flag Smashers and talking about Carly and all that, um, I wanted to give you guys a chance to gush about the Dora Milaje because, you know, it was cool. The Dora Milaje are awesome, you know. That's all great, but I had some complaints about it. Okay. Tell me, tell me your complaints about the door melange. One, I was main, and this is a personal thing. I was mainly upset that I didn't see Okoye. I like Okoye. <laughs> um, I like her a lot, and I'm mad that she wasn't there. So that's gonna be a big fat demerit. So that's a demerit. <laughs> um, but admittedly, Okoye is specifically supposed to be there for the king. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. she's not assigned to white wolf so no, i'm willing to give us a coin i'm i'm willing to accept that secondly well yeah oh, that, go, no, go ahead. ahead i was just gonna say well yeah yeah i was just mm-hmm. i was just saying well yeah to your point um and and secondly i'm like do we need to get the door melage more over <laughs> like thematically no. speaking <laughs> no that's a that's interesting because I think they were needed because of the fact that it was Zemo, and I think Ao explains it when she says to Bucky, "Look, so that man killed the king while I was on duty to guard him. So in addition to that, not only did he kill the king while I was on duty to guard him, but then the fact that he blamed you for it, put stuff in your head to sit there and make you, you know, or use stuff in your head to make you go off and be Winter Soldier and all that. We spent time." And resources to basically give you a resort trip to Wakanda while we deprogrammed you and then gave you a new arm and then you're letting this fool out of prison why are you doing that you know so I feel like she did need to be there I mean even to the fact that Sam earlier in the episode said do you think the Dora Milaje forgot about <laughs> do you think the Wakandans forgot about Zemo and what they did to their king that was a rhetorical question no they didn't so, so Sam was kind of foreshadowing that they were coming. Uh, so the question wasn't, did they need to be there? The question was, did they need to get more over? Oh, no, they didn't. They totally didn't need to get more over. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure they're one of the most over group of people. It was it was a squash match. <laughs> it was literally <laughs> there just to make... <laughs> just to make John Walker feel emasculated yeah. and powerless yeah. against a bunch of really strong black women. Yeah. <laughs> they took his shield from him twice because the first time they pinned it down and then when they finally let it go, she took it from him again. Like, I, <laughs> I love the idea of it. It was a squash man. It was. <laughs> he jumped out mega hard. He sure did. I've John Walker. I don't think John I've Walker ever seen like James Ellsworth going up against uh, uh, Braun Strowman in his, in his in one of his earlier matches. I don't think I've ever seen anybody job out so hard to the door Milaje before. <laughs> you know, not even Killmonger jobbed out to them. Yeah. And he wasn't a super soldier either. I mean, he was got nope. he got the Black Panther juice. He got but... the Black Panther juice, but yeah. I mean, and he had the armor. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, they yeah. got armor too. Yeah, yeah. They so, got vibranium all over them. And, uh, vibranium is like 
it's like water to them. They have so much of it. <laughs> it's everywhere. Right. It's everywhere. That's true. Um, it's like practically a renewable resource for these guys. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just like, okay, I guess mm. we need to get the Dormelage over more or mm. something. But I mean, like story-wise, I guess the, the so I guess my major complaint is. Um, we need to find more reasons for um, John Walker to feel like he is inadequate mm-hmm. as Captain America, mm-hmm. uh, which I I knew he already he was like feeling like trash, but then the then he feels even more like trash because he gets his butt handed to him by the Dora Milaje. Mm-hmm. Um, hey John, it's okay. I mean, you weren't. I mean, you're a soldier and a decorated one. But I mean, like you weren't trained from a child, yeah, to protect <laughs> royalty, right? So I mean, maybe true. cut yourself some slack. <laughs> <laughs> but well, but yeah, I was just like so. Uh, to reiterate, I love the Dormelage. I think they're great. I was just like, I, I didn't think that they needed to to continue to get over more because to me they're already super over. So. It just it didn't make sense to me. Cock the fist, Roman. <laughs> I was like that that time when, <laughs> like that time when uh, Shawn Michaels stomped on Vader's head and called him stupid. It just didn't feel good. <laughs> or, or the time when Randy Orton did the same thing to Kofi Kingston. Yeah, but he didn't stomp on his head like hard, uh, like no, hard, like Shawn Michaels did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shawn Michaels like stomped on his head. Oh man! Like for reals, and that's because yeah. he didn't want to wrestle with them, and yeah. he was being too. There's there's so much backstory. But yeah, there was like there was yeah. there was shoot drama going on. Yeah. There. Okay, so saying, I got a question. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned that the things you didn't like about the Dora Milaje. Uh, I'm gonna open the floor for a minute, and we're gonna talk about Kari Bergenthal and the Flag Smashers. Like how you felt they were as the primary bad guys for the okay. series. Yeah, they they were the primary antagonists. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the the driving force. So I know you can't see it, Will, but uh, Jingles gave me a gesture. He's allowing me to go first on this one. Okay, go ahead. So I had to do a lot of thinking about. Uh, Carly and the Flag Smashers. And I think the conclusion that I sort of came down with is... Like, I noticed that there was some level of disappointment, primarily around our circle, about Carly and how it felt like her presence in the story had... A shallower impact than it should have. From an outsider's perspective, I think easily somebody would say, like, oh, they were boring, and then provide no other context on top of that. Mm-hmm. But I think what's really going on is that juxtaposed to Sam and Bucky and Zemo and John Walker and their journeys that they're going through. I think what's going to probably make people feel that about Carly is 
the fact that I don't think a lot of people are putting in too much thought that Carly is less of a what's the word I'm looking for not a relatable character mm-hmm. sympathetic a less of a sympathetic character I think some of it to, has to do well, I think primarily it has to do with the fact that Carly from a writing perspective seems to be more of an obstacle rather than a character like the rest of them. And because of that, I think a lot of people are going to approach it and say, oh, she's just boring and pass it off. But I think that she's not really meant to be as morally dynamic as the rest of the guys. If anything, she's kind of morally static. She just gets more intense in her beliefs that we need to do this. We need to punish people. We need to right these wrongs. And she takes that and she keeps running with it more and more and more. And she keeps feeling things that basically vindicate her own personal twisted worldview, which happens all the time for people that are naturally extremely pessimistic. Mm -hmm. And when bad things go bad, they just see that as, oh, it just, it's it's enforcing my own worldview versus actually seeing something from a sober perspective of things can be good and bad. And yeah. it's kind of ironic to think about that um, when it comes to pessimism and optimism, the world progresses on optimism. Mm-hmm. Versus pessimism, which which says that things suck and they're always going to be bad. And they're never going to get any better. Mm-hmm. But it's optimism that has allowed us to progress as far as we have as a society. And, and I think Carly embodying that pessimism all the time, I think... Tell, should tell the audience, not everybody's going to get this, should tell the audience that Carly is more of a point of argument mm-hmm. that Sam is going to need to consider and that he's going to have to confront as well as other people around him which are trying to provide other counterpoints to it. And... I think if you think of Carly as more of a moral obstacle for Sam and John, John Walker, I think that that's kind of what makes her the most interesting when it comes to this narrative. Because Carly sits there and she's there to expound points as to why she's right without thinking outside of the box as to she might be wrong. Um, and Sam and John are there to look at the same problem and come to different conclusions. And, uh, naturally by the end of it, Sam is technically proven right. Carly was able to see what she did was wrong. And mind you, again, it was at the end of her life, but Sam was still right. 
That's uh, and I may have put in way too much thought into this, but I've, I that's sort of where I sit with Carly. I'm sure a lot of people are gonna just look at her and say that she's boring, but I think from that analysis that she's more fascinating than I think most people may realize. Hmm. That's my take. Okay. I can say, um, yeah, uh, I didn't really like Carly very much. Um, I think she, um, and this is personal. Um, I think she got really, really preachy in a lot of places. And, um, there's been so many times in history and it's kind of like a, a trend, uh, with, uh, in, in storytelling, just in general, it seems to be, at least to me, it seems, um, this, these people that are like mad because society isn't, uh, going the way that they want. And, um, so they're mad and they find power and they're like, cool, now I'm going to start doing violent things until things start changing. Um, and then when there's other members of the Flag Smashers that are like, Carly, we shouldn't do that. This is this is not, not the right way we should be doing things. And she's like, yes, it is. And if you don't like it, I'll beat you up or whatever. Double down. Double down extra hard. And like... Um, I just, in in her, like, this is the only way that things will get done. Uh, this is the only way that anybody will listen to us. If, if we don't do this, then this, you know. And I'm just like, I, I've, I found it incredibly insufferable after a very short amount of time. No, that's considering that she keeps getting challenged yeah. by people around her. Yeah. And then she goes harder yeah and um yeah it's it's one of those things where um it's just kind yeah, of yeah i feel like that i feel like it's it, it's kind of there's a line in the thing when bucky is talking and bucky says you know something about john walker says is you know there's something not quite right with him mm -hmm. and Zemo says, well, you would know. And he's like, yeah, I know I'm not all there either, but that's what I'm saying. I can recognize when there's something off. And I feel like that's kind of the same thing that happens with Carly. Like, you know, even when Zemo is trying to tell her, like, the only way you can deal with her is to kill her. She's too far gone. And Sam still is like, uh, no, there's got to be a way to reach her. Yeah. So, again, it's kind of why it's so cool that he's the one that becomes the captain. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I thought that was really cool and interesting. Even though she was going deeper and deeper down this hole, he still saw hope in her. Yeah. Well, which is a very Captain America thing to do, mm -hmm. is to, to look at somebody that is, quote-unquote, too far gone and be like, no, I'm going to help them. They need my help. Mm -hmm. I have to believe what's right. And so... But yeah, I just... I just found her super, super annoying pretty quickly. <laughs> like, at first I was like, she's all right. 
And then by episode three, I was all like, I don't want her around anymore. <laughs> and, um, you know, we we were talking, uh, the three of us guys over here uh, were talking about how we found John Walker way more interesting as a, like, another secondary antagonist uh, throughout the series and how he was getting built up and stuff. Um and then I've been watching other people's like responses to the show and stuff, and other people have have said, "Man, John was getting built up, and then it just kind of all falls flat at the end." Um, when I guess the the build up that they were going to do with John doesn't quite come to a head like they thought it was going to. It kind of did, mm-hmm. I think. And going against what they were talking about in the the things I was watching, yeah, um, I feel like they they worked on it, and he he got kind of that tipping point mm-hmm. that we were expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he gets just brought back immediately, and like then he and Bucky are like joking with each other. It's just like, haha, that was weird. You remember when I like decap decap Attated that guy. Oh yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that was that's whatever. Don't worry about it. Let's not worry about it anymore. But the Abraham Lincoln quote was kind of interesting. But the thing that I thought was really interesting about John Walker, you know, we talked about pushes earlier and and the lack of need to have you know Dora Milaje go over. I almost feel like John Walker was getting that Roman Reigns push until the fans just started crying out and saying no. And then he did what he did in the middle of Latvia, and they were just like, oh, no, we can't love that dude at all. So, like, he went away for a little bit and then kind of came back. And he was just like, okay, maybe I can try to make better choices now, but I'm still kind of a weirdo, and I'm still kind of a dude you're probably not going to like. And then by the end, whatever, uh, Val finds him, and Val's just like, oh, we're going to do this. He's just like, yep, Roman Reigns, push, coming back, baby. Like, it didn't feel like he really learned from his lessons. Maybe. It's hard to say because it ended so quickly. Yeah, that chapter of him definitely um, wrapped up pretty quick. And then we, ju- then we just go straight on to the U.S. agent reveal. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's so, the major complaint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, too, is that, I mean, we could end up with an anti-hero out of him. He may not be a full-blown villain with this new team that they're forming. Well, that's what we're he expecting. May, yeah. He may be kind of like try to try to do it. He kind of goes through the scuzzy in the dark places, but at the same time, he's sitting there going like, guys, I don't know. This may be a little bit too much. You know, and then some of the others that are with him. Uh, if we get Thunderbolt Ross as Red Hulk uh, Spoilers. in a future Thunderbolt series, if we get... Uh, by the way, fun fact, Val was originally supposed to appear in Black Widow. But of course, Black Widow was supposed to come out before Falcon Winter Soldier. So when it got delayed, 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 and then eventually it was going to be Falcon Winter Soldier were going to come out first, they went ahead and filmed her as part of that scene so they could introduce her there. Uh, they did say more than likely she will show up in some sort of form or another at the end of... Um, the end credit somewhere of Black Widow because she was supposed to have been recruiting Zemo and possibly uh, Natasha's sister to this new team that she's trying to form. 
Mm-hmm. Well, spoilers for that, so I Yada, guess. So Yada Balova, uh may be part of this new team. I guess we'll have to watch and see and find out. Yeah, that's definitely true. We got a we got a question or two. I, I say question. We really didn't get questions. I asked for questions on Facebook mm-hmm. and uh, just ended up getting some stuff about the Falcon Winter Soldier. I'll read those real quick if that's okay with you guys. No. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Not at all. This is your uh, show, Darren Jenkins, No, Darren Jenkins said, I love the Falcon character so much, I hated to see him become Captain America. Although I thought they did a good job with the story. And then Gail Wise said, I thought, this, I thought I was going to feel the same way, but I feel like he's a mix of Iron Man, Falcon, and Cap. He's really a great character to take Cap forward, but I also like Chris Evans slash Steve Rogers. So that was their comments on Falcon Winter Soldier. Like I said, I asked for questions, didn't really get questions. They went more on the kind of thoughts on the series and everything. So it's just like, okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, next thing I'm going to open up the topic to, we talked about the Flag Smashers pretty much. We talked about um, the, the, the main characters and everything. I'm going to ask y'all this. How did y'all feel about that last episode with the suit reveal? Glorious. I have a question. Oh, man. <laughs> so, first of all, suit looks perfect, 100%. No complaints at all about the suit. Glorious. Oh, I won't give in. I won't give in till I'm victorious. Um, no complaints at all by the way that the suit looks. Why was it that the Dora Milaje made the suit for him? And why is it that they made it a Captain America outfit? I don't know. Maybe What does the Dora Milaje care? What, what does Wakanda care about the United States? Did they know that Steve was like, Sam, you're going to be Captain America now? They got his measurements. Did they get his measurements? They already workshopped like a number of <laughs> designs. While he was asleep, they stuck in and just measured yeah, him. The Dormelage could do that. They could do that. I mean, I mean, we could get them more over if we wanted to. Yeah, if we wanted to get them even more, more over. Um, yeah, I was, I was confused. I was, I was like, so it's. I didn't have any problem with the suit itself. Yeah. Except I think that the whole goggle setup is kind of weird, and I've I've never been a fan of that. And we yeah. talked about that. Yeah. I prefer like a more traditional Captain America headpiece. Yeah. But that's whatever. That's Sam. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm just like. Like at first, I was like, "Oh, okay, the Dora Milaje made that for him," and then I sat there and for I a second. It was like thought about it. What. Why did they do that? <laughs> Nobody asked them to do it. <laughs> Unless, of course, uh, Bucky did. Yeah. But, like, Bucky would have had to have known that Sam was planning on becoming, becoming Captain America. Yeah. Which, I guess, technically, he could have commissioned it, <laughs> like, beforehand. Like, a... I just want an explanation. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be like the kind of guy that's all like it doesn't make any sense. That, like you can make sense bad. out of, yeah. Therefore, it's bad because that's not true. Mm-hmm. You can make sense of it. It just needs an explanation. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it, it really honestly, it doesn't need an explanation either. Yeah, I'm just all like, one, like one, the Dormelage had to know that uh, 
Falcon's wings are going to get ripped off at some point. Mm-hmm. And two, then so it was cool that they were the ones that got him replacement wings. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I don't believe they made the first set. I'm pretty sure he got he got that from the army. Yep. Um, and then why is it that they made him a replacement set? I mean, that's cool. Um, and, um, but yeah, I I was just like, but why though? (laughs) I'm, I'm confused. (laughs) Well, I'll say this, uh, and then we'll, we'll do the thing. Yep. Uh, so one thing about it, there's two theories is one in the comics, uh, Falcon was, I believe it was 52 or 56 issues of the comics where he ran around with Captain America without the suit that he had. So, like, the bird suit with the wings and all that, he didn't have that suit for, like, almost 60 issues. He went to Wakanda, and they he asked them personally to build him a suit for that he could hang with Captain America on. Even though he wasn't a super soldier, he knew that. But he wanted a suit that he could closely work with. Um, so, I feel like they used that to kind of tie it to the comic origins. But as far as measuring him out, yeah... That was a bit weird that, you know, other than Bucky saying, you know, hey, would you do me a favor? It's like, what? You know, and that's when you find out that they're doing the suit for Sam. And so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Wakandan uh, material stretch and fit the person that puts it on or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm just stretching and reaching a bit. But um, <laughs> I feel like, why would they do it? Maybe because White Wolf requested it. That's the only fact I think. Um. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So that's all that I can figure on that. But yeah, I mean, in the comics, there was there is a history of Wakanda being involved in building his suit. So it does work in that regard. But yeah. Hey, you know, could be. Yeah, could be. So uh, we'll come back in a little bit. All right. So we're coming back and we're talking about Bucky. And we're talking about how. how interesting Mr. James Buchanan Barnes, uh, even more interesting how he got from where he started way back in Captain America Winter Soldier through this series and uh, how he might end up becoming Sam's brother-in-law. No, he told him not to talk to his sister, so that can't happen. Explicitly told him. Everybody knows that if a bro tells you, hey, don't talk to my sister, you you do that bro a solid and don't talk to his sister. It is a time-honored tradition. Everybody knows this. Yeah, Yeah, except for the fact that at the last episode, he was talking to his sister. Don't know (laughs) what you're talking about. While he had kids, dangling on his his, uh, Wakandan arm. A vibranium arm. Well, it was from Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Wakanda vibrating on. Wakanda. <laughs> Wakanda. Yeah. So, anyway, y'all's thoughts on um, the, the Winter Soldier or the man who's no longer the Winter Soldier but James McCannon Barnes? Just Bucky. I liked his Bucky. Movie. I really did. I liked that it was a it was a character arc that I felt like was the next sensible step because it's clear that Bucky still wants to live by Steve's example, but mm-hmm. he's obviously having trouble making a genuine attempt to reconcile 
this part of his past. And I think it was, I thought it was awesome that Sam was the one to tell him that you're not actually really doing what needs to be done because you're not willing to put in the hard work and actually go to those really hard places as a person to be able to overcome them. Which I think was really, really important. I think that's something that a lot of people feel like forgiveness doesn't need. Like actual there's a difference between forgiving and having reconciliation with someone. Mm -hmm. And I think it was so cool that the Winter Soldier story was about that. That's me. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um. I thought one of the coolest things about his story arc, even just, just you know, we mentioned The Hobbit earlier, back, I think we were off before recording. Yep. It's interesting, he talks about this whole scene where he's like, uh, where Sam's like, what you know about The Hobbit? He's like, I read The Hobbit back in 1936 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love that. <laughs> I thought that was so funny how he did that. He was just like, yeah, I read it, you know. And, uh, but of course there was, you know, I love the dynamic of how you go from two people who were Steve's friends independently. They were, they were Steve's friends. As a matter of fact, when you see him in, you know, by the, really by civil war, they're kind of antagonistic against each other. Like they're kind of working together because of Steve. They're not really have their own friendship yet. Like that comes really in this series. There's not only that respect, but there's not only that friendship, but that respect. Right. You know? And I thought I thought that was really beautiful how they did that. So I, I liked it that, too. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was really cool. I thought I really enjoyed it. I I thought uh of course, you know, the fight scenes were really good. Like when I when Zemo's like Winter Soldier attack, he just goes as he's undercover he's doing all this stuff Sam's looking at him like dude 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 chill dude seriously chill dude dude like there was this look of concern on Sam's face like is it really ever over for him you know because there was a you know it seemed to be a fear that it's like some of the people are like oh well I'm sure he was just playing in character I'm like I'm not gonna say that it feels like he's sitting there looking at somebody who like he thought was that was out of his system. And then he just goes back into it like it's nothing. But again, he understands it's it's to it's for the ruse. You know, but but Sam's concerned. You can tell Sam's very concerned about it. Uh, but that's that whole thing. Uh, but then also when you see them having the real important dialogues, like why he felt like it was so important that Sam kept the shield. And basically when he comes to that realization of if he was wrong about you, then maybe he was wrong about me. You think about what Steve put on the line for Bucky. Mm-hmm. You know, and then for Bucky to sit there and think, you know, was he wrong? Was he, was he, was he wrong to sacrifice him, himself? Was he, excuse me, wrong to be on the run and all this other stuff because of me, ultimately? You know, and, you know, even to come to later on when he tells Sam that, you know, that shield is the closest thing to a family I have now. 
you know, and I'm just like, dude, they're giving us such rich emotional stuff with Bucky. This guy who, when we first saw him, was just a killing machine. And now you see this person who is trying to figure out who he is outside of all that now. So it's like all these years of his life are just gone. And even the whole thing with Sam, and I'm glad you guys mentioned with Sam about, you know, him saying, do the work. And then him having to go to Yuri and basically tell Yuri that he killed his son. And how they didn't put a nice bow on it. Like, you know, they didn't, it, Yuri wasn't looking at him going, oh, I forgive you. I understand you weren't in control of yourself. You know, da-da-da-da, you're forgiven. No, Yuri looked at him like, why? And he was just like, I wasn't in, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in control. And, that, and then, then you see him at the restaurant later, an old girl that he kind of dated there for that one moment. Looks at him. He just kind of looks in, smiles, and walks away. He's just like, I know I can't go back in there. But I know I, I, know I helped him in understanding what happened to his kid, which was that one thing he was missing was what actually happened to my son. And so he was able to walk away and be like, look, if he hates me for the rest of my life, I get it. I totally understand it, but I'm willing to walk away and let him hate me rather than keeping that from him and not letting him know what happened. And then for him to do the book and it's, it, it, he just had a beautiful arc. He really did. And I really would love to see what they do with him going forward. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I really like Bucky. Um, I've been a fan of Bucky for a few years. <clears throat> and I really like uh, Sebastian Stan. Um, I think he's great. And I, I like the way that he plays his character. I like kind of the growth and arc that Bucky has had um, throughout these movies and like remembering who he is and accepting what he is now and wanting to move past that and be a better person and essentially kind of doing what um, Steve was doing in that he, you know, essentially woke up in the future and now has to try and live his life essentially. And as well as try and do the right thing and make good all the things that he did as a winter soldier I think that's great. I feel like he doesn't grow too much in this series as a character because I feel like he's already done almost all the growing in all the other movies that he's been in so far and then grows a little bit more. It's more like a cherry on top for him in this series rather than like a full character arc. It's more like mm -hmm. he knows what he has to do I know what I have to do. I just don't know if I have the strength to do it. No, no, you did not just compare him to Ricardo Ren. No, that's horrible. Uh, <laughs> Will you help me do it? <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys, but no. No, Will, Will, you're still holding on. <laughs> Let the past die, Will. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. Can you believe there are people that were all like, oh, that's that's the filmmakers telling us that. Yeah. There are people that were all like, it's all like, oh, I guess that's the message of the movie. He's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. You're meant to disagree with him. 
So yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, we did. And also, I don't hate Kylo Ren. I actually kind of like him. <laughs> um, he's one of my favorite Edge Lords. Yes, and he, he's Bucky he's, is another one. He's an he's he's at least a B to A tier Edge Lord. Yes. Um, Bucky could have been a really big Edge Lord. Bucky could have been a way bigger Edge Lord. I'm glad he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I was kind of surprised about, uh, just because once again, it's something that's like it happens in the comics and did happen in the comics. I'm kind of surprised they decided not to explore that in the series. But once again, uh, as I've said before, um, just because they like to change stuff in the comics from from the MCU, and I'm fine with that. Um, because yeah. then I, I, I just go, okay, so we're going in a different direction. So I'll, I'm fine with it. I was kind of surprised that they didn't toy with the idea of Bucky becoming Captain America. Like they've done a few times in the comics. Right. Right. Yeah. I can see that. I, I kind of wondered when, before Steve came back, I kind of wondered if Bucky was going to take the mantle or something like that. And then Sam would get it eventually. But it, it you know, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, that was one, uh, a, a thing from the comics that I I think I would have liked to have seen, but it, they didn't do it, and I'm I'm fine with that because once again, that would I think take more away from Falcon. And let's be honest, guys, this show is called Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but this show is Falcon and then colon <laughs> and then <laughs> subtitle subtitle. <laughs> The Winter, Soldier. the Winter Soldier and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, not to diminish the Winter Soldier. Yeah, not to completely diminish Bucky. He had some learning to do. Yeah, but his major character arcs, I feel like we're already. Yeah, we've gone over in the movies. So I say, far. like, it didn't even take them that long to get over their personal issues between each other. Yeah, that like like. Uh, I don't like you. You're smelly. Well, you're smelly. Oh, and then I'm sorry. Like, okay, let's go save people. Yeah, it's like as soon as John Walker was established as Captain America, that's when they're all, they both were all like, well, neither of us agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> you see, it's always good when you, whenever you find yourself in a hateful relationship with another person, it's always good that another third party shows up for you both to hate. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... It, uh, that that's how I feel about Bucky in this series. I don't think it's wrong, and I don't think it's bad. I just I was like, well, Bucky was a little bit sidelined, but you know, I feel like the marketing could have done more to sure to be more honest. Yeah, uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, John Oliver recently. I've just mm. been just just binging uh, last week tonight with John Oliver. And at mm-hmm. the end of many of his episodes, is all like, if we can't change this systemic problem, at least the commercials need to be more honest. <laughs> uh, and then he'll show a commercial at the end yeah. where they go over like all the stuff, like they, they talk about like medications and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and it's all like you know these medications are fine, but we also spend more money on marketing the medication than we do on making sure the medication's good. Mm-hmm. And you know. Um, and so in my mind, uh, they need to be more honest about what this show is about and have a commercial where it's just all like, there's Falcon, almost completely Falcon, completely Falcon. Mm-hmm. And Bucky's there to help him. <laughs> Here comes the flag smashers, but they're really there to be in the background as a point of argument between Captain Falcon 
<laughs> and oh, God, that was great, too, when the kid was like, hey, look, it's Black Falcon. He's like, no, it's Falcon. And he's like, oh, come on, man. He's like, no, nah, dude, they just call you Black Kid? No. And then everybody was like, yeah, you got it, man. And it was like, so funny because, like, growing up, I remember, like, the snapping that we used to always do to each other. And things like that. It was just kind of like he really fit in with that whole idea. And my goodness, man, it was just, it was beautiful. But then I also, and I got to be honest, I also thought about that joke from Key and Peel, where he was the Green Falcon in the Green Falcon ship when they were doing their little thing to Voltron or whatever. And then they kept calling him Black Falcon, even though he was the Green Falcon. He was a black pilot of the ship. So they kept calling him Black Falcon. It's like, Yo, you can't do that. I'm not Black Falcon. I'm Green Falcon. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to check out that skit. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. It's great. I'm more familiar with their their Black Ice joke. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. No, that one's great. You'd love it. You would love it. Um, But it's... uh, It's interesting to think about with Bucky because I didn't... I just realized as I was talking about his arc earlier there when it comes to long form storytelling and the when you have the ability to stretch out somebody's arc and their character development over a long period of time there are many different points in that person's character development where they're presented with different quandaries and depending on how they react to that determines whether or not they continue to grow as a person there was about one or two quandaries at the beginning of the show for Bucky. And then the big part in the middle where it wasn't about that. Where it was just about Bucky supporting Sam. And then right at the very end, last couple episodes, Sam directly confronts Bucky about the parts of his character that he's been avoiding. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think, I don't. Know, I guess I could best, best sort of describe it as his character vel- development bookends the show. Hmm. He has problems and starts development at the beginning. We don't see much development in the middle, and then we see it at the end. That's my Wait, perspective. Yeah. Anyway. At the beginning, it's all like you have to. You have to apologize to this guy. I don't know if I can apologize to this guy. And at the end, he's all like, I'm going to go apologize to this guy. And Falcon's all like, you should apologize to that guy. And then credits. I don't know if I have the strength to do it. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. No, another thing that's funny to and guys, forgive me. Yes, I'm going to make a very old reference. Not that I've never, I've never done this before. I've never made old references, even in this episode, to old TV shows and old movies. Uh, never, never do that. Uh, there is a scene in a movie called Avenging Disco Godfather, uh, played by the incomparable Rudy Ray Moore, who gave us Dolomite. Mm. Now, just first of all, not safe for work. Not safe for some people, okay? Just nothing Rudy Ray Moore did was like, safe for work at all. Um, 
But there's a moment in the thing where this woman comes up to him that works with him. He's, he, I mean, come on, man. It's black exploitation in the 70s. So he was a pimp who owned a club. <laughs> and one of his women came up to him and he's like, I've got to go. He's like, why have you got to go? He's like, it's my, it's my little nephew, Bucky. He OD'd. He's like, where is Bucky and what has he had? And the only reason I knew about it was because of Black Dynamite. Because they referenced Black Dynamite. Because Michael Dynamite is going, yeah, we referenced the line, but in the actual movie of it, you get to a firefighter, it's, where is Bucky and what has he had? <laughs> what has he had? <laughs> It's the delivery of it. And I'm just sitting there like every so often while I was watching Falcon Winter Soldier, whenever they're talking about Bucky and different things like that, and how he was and all that, and Zemo was talking to him, I'm just, I keep hitting the background. I kept hearing Rudy Ray Moore asking, where is Bucky and what has he had? As you're, going, why? As you're wa- waving him away, going like, get out of here. Get out of here, Rudy. <laughs> why is Dolomite in this show? <laughs> well, I don't understand. Yeah, but I don't know. I just yeah, but no. <laughs> yeah. So great stuff all around uh, as far as Bucky goes. I really also want to say I enjoyed. There was that fight at the very beginning of I think it was the second episode where uh, Captain Renacop America before he became U.S. agent uh, and his buddy Boy, came that's up. Hurtful. It's really hurtful. Why would you say that? <laughs> Captain Renacop uh, and his buddy, they came up and they, they they came down for the helicopter. It looks like you guys need some help, guys. <laughs> Y'all are getting your butt kicked. It looks like you need some help. It's just like, yeah, I don't think you're going to do much better, guy. <laughs> if the super soldier can't hold his own against him, what makes you think you're going to be better? But anyway, so they come up and like there's that moment where he throws his shield and like, it bounces off and like it's going to go off track. And Bucky grabs it. He just kind of looks at him as he grabs it. Like, and yeah, look on Bucky. Look on Sebastian Stay's face. It's just like, really? I got really. This is how we're playing this. Like, I can't believe I'm actually doing this. This is stupid. <laughs> but he just has this look on his face. He's so cold about it too. It's just like I can't believe this dude is throwing a shield around. Like, he even says to the guy, he says, just because you have the shield doesn't make you Captain America. And it's really insightful for him to say that because, again, John Walker early on had said, well, I never met Steve Rogers, but I felt like he was like a brother to me. I'm like, no, he was a brother to Bucky. <laughs> that dude was like a brother to him. <laughs> and it's just interesting how that commentary kind of plays on it. Just because you hold the shield doesn't make you the captain. It's more than that. So I thought that was really cool, too. Yes. Nice. Well, what else we got, Will? Uh, so last, we're going to talk about my favorite character out of the whole thing, just because of the way they managed to, they managed to go. And, and I know he's not everybody's favorite character. And I fully understand that, but he's my favorite. So that's what we're going to talk about last. We're going to... Uh, Isaiah Bradley, mm-hmm. the, the man who... Depending on whether you're MCU or your comic book, uh, either got the Super Soldier Serum before Steve Rogers got it, or got the Super Soldier Secret Serum after Steve got it. And so, it kind of that whole thing. I love how they brought him in. I love how they introduced Eli uh, to the world. 
Uh, they didn't give us a whole lot of Eli, but they gave us just enough to know he was going to be around for a bit. Just, so, just a little teeny bit. Just he in the back of them all like he, he a little baby Captain America. <laughs> You're going to be patriot. I'm still trying to figure out what's gonna what they're going to end up sitting up on that metal thing he threw into the wall. I'm pretty sure he made a new shelf. But that's not coming out. No, you just do what our older brothers always did whenever they got mad and punched a hole in the wall. You just put a picture of Jesus over it. I don't think he's familiar <laughs> with that story at all. No, but this is... I just Here, let's tell, a, let's tell this little story real quick because Dino dunked oh. on us like before uh, in that episode. <laughs> that, I was going to say, why don't I tell this story? Because <laughs> uh, Dino was all like, oh man, my little brothers, boy, they like to break stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's getting so Dino and our three, our, our other two older brothers, they were little scamps. Mm. No, well, they when were they were scamps. much younger, big scamps. Mm-hmm. So they, like boys do, like to fight, and like boys do, horseplay. And um, once when they were fighting, horse horsing around, playing in the house, uh, I don't remember who it was. Uh, Dino would know. But one of them got a chancla, or specifically a huarache, mm. which is like a sandal, but it's got like a thick, um, rubbery, like a leather part to yeah. it. So it's a heavy, heavy sandal. Yeah. Um, okay. It's and, meant to be really tough. Yeah, it's meant to be tough so that you can, you know, walk around outside in, like, you know, deserty places with it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them threw it at another one. They ducked out of the way, and it was so heavy, and it was thrown with such force that it punched a hole in, uh, I believe it was a door. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, no. Mom's going to find out about this. <laughs> We're going to get in so much trouble. And I believe, as as uh, Dino told me, it was our oldest brother, the one that's older than Dino, um, was like, smart. we got a picture of Jesus here. Let's just <laughs> tape the picture of Jesus over the hole. And of course, mom came home. Yeah. Mom saw that. Yeah. And there, she was all like, why is there a picture of Jesus on the wall? <laughs> and Dino says, as as our oldest brother said, it's because we just wanted to see him and we wanted to be closer to him. That's why. <laughs> oh wow! And uh, he was a scoundrel. He was such a scoundrel, and it was, and so that's what Smider's referencing yeah. is uh, is the fact that the the older guys punched a hole in a door and then tried to hide it with a picture of jesus and that's why i'm all like you know what isaiah just pull that thing out of the wall just put a picture of jesus over it put a jesus on there yep there you go there you go that that sounds like a viable plan (laughs) 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 to deal with the well no i mean like if he threw it like i like he threw it it embedded into the wall i'm like Mm -hmm. okay we could probably just straighten that out and just make it a shelf yeah he just totally be like I'm gonna put my, I'm gonna put my stuff on there. That's what that's gonna stay is right there. It's gonna uh, be interesting to see how Isaiah's worldview, um, 
affects his grandson and how that's gonna affect his character should he go on to do some superhero stuff yeah who knows some superhero things particularly with some other people like maybe the son of uh the sons of wanda and 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 and, and wanda because she made them you know made them out of her own ability to make them and Vision's like, it's, those are my kids, but he's like, but I'm a robot, so try explaining that to people, ever. <laughs> Dude, they just got done explaining that. Yeah, and the kids got deleted. Yep. Well. So thanks for reminding well, us of that pain. Thanks for that, Will. But, thanks for that. But remember, they're in the world crying out for their mom somewhere. Mm. So somewhere in the multiverse. They're they're still around, yeah, but not in our not not in the mainline universe. No, no, just somewhere in the multiverse. Don't they're... don't don't give her hope, Will. <laughs> I like don't give I Wanda like hope. Every time you're don't all like, hope. <laughs> no matter how much, bro, you keep saying it's all like, yeah, but then they're not there. Yeah, and every time Will is like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're going down speculation road again. Look, just because no, hear their voices at the end of the thing, like it's will, not speculation. Well, just because we know the answers to the questions <laughs> doesn't mean we have to keep sitting there and be all like, "Oh, it could be them." But <laughs> like, the fact of the matter is, is that. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens to the grandson and like what so like how much that bitterness affects him mm-hmm. later. You were feeling yeah. unwell last week, so you didn't hear much of the conversation oh, that right, yeah. Will and Sorry I had. But I stand by what I said mm-hmm. before, and that I feel like Isaiah Bradley has served his purpose. Mm-hmm. He did what he had to do, and and this one thing that I I I really feel is the case. I don't think we're supposed to agree with his worldview. No, I think we're supposed that. to hard disagree. You know, the United States did this to me. Mm-hmm. The United States gave me this power. The United States put me in prison. Mm-hmm. I hate the United States. The United States will never let a black man be Captain America. His words. His words. Mm-hmm. And then the other side of that, which was a no self-respecting black man. That's the part that hurt. It wasn't just the fact that he said America, they won't let a black man. It's the fact that no self-respecting black man would want to be. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that makes it personal. Like It's like, okay, I blame them because they don't want. They would never allow it. But even if they would, you shouldn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's interesting from just an observer's point of view um correct me if i'm wrong will that ironically enough feels like i don't know how else to word it but the sort of self-defeating i guess generational outlook for Mm -hmm. older black people that due to suffrages experienced that if the if the next generation decides that it want that 
because the world has gotten better, despite what some people may say. Um, that some of the older generations still feel like the younger generations should still remain bitter to previous yeah. grievances. And that should you not want that, should you decide that you want something better for yourself, then the older generation feels like they're within their rights to ridicule you for wanting something better. Yeah, I've, I've, I've personally gone through that. I mean, I've had people tell me, you know, you're just optimistic. You just believe in a better world than a world than a reality. I was like, well, here's the thing. In order for reality, you have to dream of it first. And then you have to find ways to proactively bring that about. Because you can't just, you, you, you don't, you, you're not going to change anything if you just sit there and let things stay the way they are. Mm-hmm. That Nobody believes that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, no matter whether it's sports or this or anything else, I mean, the reality is, you know, if you want something better out of life, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my pastor says something really interesting. He says, uh, and I know this isn't his expression, but it, if you want something different out of this thing called life, you're going to have to do stuff you've never done before. To get it mm-hmm. because you know if you want to be a person who saves money and and, and, and has some sort of prosperity you're going to have to save money instead of spending every dime you get as soon as you get it mm-hmm. you know if you want to lose weight you're going to have to eat differently and exercise more you're going to have to make changes mm-hmm. um, no matter what it is in life that you want you're going to have to do things that have never been done before by you I want a world that doesn't hate me just for walking out the door and existing. Mm-hmm. And when I say world, I don't mean everybody in it, but I mean there are people in the world that will never see me as anything more than subhuman or less than subhuman. Mm-hmm. But I still go out my door praying and believing for something better. And I still try to be the best person I can be to whoever is there. And I can't control how they respond to me, but I can control the narrative I tell, which is, hey, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. I'm going to love you as much as I can. And I'm going to be the guy who changes things in your mind every chance I get. Right. Right. And I think it's fascinating because it was a layer that I completely forgot about with Isaiah's small tirade in like that last. So first of all, uh, I feel kind of silly now with egg on my face because I remember telling you specifically, Will, I don't think he's actually going to come back in another episode. So I was super wrong. Uh, And uh, when he did come back, uh, I agree with Jingles. Uh, We were talking about Isaiah previously, and I was saying that, uh, you know, just like how he was saying um, that, Isaiah feels like a point of contention that you need to know that's there, but still disagree with. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, Sam decides that Isaiah is wrong. Yeah. And it's not just. Well, I mean, he tells his sister, especially when he tells his sister, he says, she she asked him, she says, Are you going to. She said, Are you going to let. Are you going to. Don't tell me you let Isaiah Bradley get in your head. And he says, I can understand his viewpoint and his position. 
I can understand why he feels the way he does. But if I stop fighting, then all that crap he went through is for nothing. Mm-hmm. Why would I stop fighting when he and other people have gone through the similar things? And it's just like that's the point you understand he's made the choice. Yeah. In spite of what Isaiah said. Because Isaiah was just like, you shouldn't do it. And yeah. he's just like, okay, I need to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a choice yeah. to make, too. I mean, that's the thing. And he, he had a real choice there. He could have been like, you know, maybe I shouldn't do it. Maybe I should just let this be. And maybe I should let somebody else take it or whatever. But no. He was just like, it's got to be me. And it's got to be now. Right. It's so. going to be me. And then James is just sitting there. Bucky's just sitting there looking at him going, why is he dancing to Backstreet Boys? What's going on? <laughs> no, who he would have no idea who that band was. <laughs> yeah, probably, what is he dancing to? And Sarah would be like, oh, it's Backstreet Boys. You probably want to rile for that, though. It wasn't no, Backstreet Boys, was it? But, uh, oh, wanna, I'm going to laugh if I say... I'm going to double down, and I'm going to say Backstreet Boys, even though I'm probably wrong. Hold on, because I think... I'm pretty sure that was Justin Timberlake. (laughs) It's going to be me. It's either NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. It's It's NSYNC. It's definitely Justin Timberlake. How dare you say it was Backstreet Boys when it was NSYNC? (laughs) Don't get those two confused, even though they're very similar. (laughs) Look, man, Backstreet Boys, Insync, ninety-eight degrees, really all the same thing. Hey, um, Ooh. I can't seem, I can't seem to um, get my phone going on this too well. Uh, I'm trying to find uh, this last bit of information that I, it's really important to what we're talking about. Mm. Uh, okay. but uh, hey, bro, uh, could you tell me what month we're in? It's gonna be me. Well, and Cinco de Mayo is coming up. It is. It is. And the only reason why I remember that is because all over Facebook over the last few days, it's like Cinco de Mayo. Come get your Cinco de Mayo. I'm like, really, really, bro? Like, I don't I know, man. I might hit up the park, the local park, and see about like getting some uh, food. Everybody's Mexican on Cinco Cinco de Mayo. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't care. Just I mean, like everybody's Irish on uh, St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Kiss me, I'm Irish. Kiss me, I'm... Uh, what is it? On the Cosby show, I won't forget that uh, they, that uh, Claire was talking about Cliff one time going out to a parade, and um, she had on buttons. Like One of them was like, Kiss me, I'm Irish. Kiss me, I'm... Uh, Kiss me, I'm Belgian. Kiss me, I'm Japanese. Wow. Like he had all his faces covered, and like every time he turned around, it was just like he was getting kissed by all these strange women. Dang. And she, was just like, she was just like, you had to tell him to put that vest away. You know, it was, just, it was just this funny little moment in the Cosby show where they were talking about it. It was just like, that's cute, though, <laughs> in a way. You know, because of course, you know, I, I don't care what anybody says, Felicia Richard can do no wrong. <laughs> by the way, we did get another comment about. Uh, Captain America, a oh. Falcon Winter Soldier, or Captain yeah. America Winter Soldier, as they ended it on, which is beautiful. Yeah. And I almost missed it twice. I had to go back and rewind. I was like, did they do? Because I thought at first it said the Falcon Winter Soldier, and then they changed it to Captain America Winter Soldier. So no, they just straight up printed it as Captain America Winter Soldier. So Kayla Slow uh, Wing Spark said the following. She said, she said, I, I had very mixed feelings about John Walker. 
he brutally beat someone to death, and I feel like the show wants us to be okay with him at the end. He got off too easily, considering how malicious and unhinged he was in episodes five and six, but four and five. Hmm. And my an only response, take. my response to that is, I think there's kind of a double meaning behind it. In that one, the military chose not to do worse to him, and they even said that during the trial that his record was the only thing that kept him from being arrested prior. You know, actually, yeah, that's a that's a decent point because mm-hmm. he got fired. He was dishonorably yeah. discharged with no benefits. No and benefits. as soon as they said that, I actually turned over to Jingles and I said, that's horrible. Yeah, that's yep. really bad. That's actually, for somebody with as much service as John had, that, I don't, I don't want to say that that's a death sentence. But that is a horrible, horrible fate for somebody who's dedicated that much time in the military. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the only reason why he got off, air quotes here, scot-free, is because a private benefactor came along and said, eh, we don't care about how, like the fact that you killed somebody on national tele- on gl- worldwide television. As a matter of fact, that yeah. might be what we need. <laughs> we need someone like you. We need you to do some right. more murder for us. Can you do a murder for us? Can you for do you, a couple murders do a, for us? Can you do a couple murders and then hand on his shoulder? For your country. For your country. <laughs> I, I love how we got the line. One of the greatest lines in that ever was, so that was the second smartest thing you've ever done. Well, that and besides marrying this spitfire over here. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the most important thing is going to be when you answer your phone. And I'm just like, she is cold-blooded. Like, she literally sat between this man and his wife. Mm-hmm. First of all, now, I don't know about many black women on the planet. I only know about the ones I've been around most of my life. Now, rule of thumb is you don't sit between a wife and her husband for any reason. There's no situation where that's an acceptable situation. Because if a black woman has somebody sit between him and her and her husband, she's going to want to snatch somebody's weave out. So the fact that the old girl was just kind of like, uh, she was looking at her like kind of crazy, but that was all she was getting. She was just getting kind of side-eyed. But the fact that 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 she didn't respond like excuse me who are you <laughs> like why are you sitting here what's going on why should we listen to anything you have to say like none of that came out of her mouth but i also feel like that may have to do with the fact that she really wanted the best for her husband oh sure uh, i kind of wish that she had asked her husband at some point are you gonna actually go get some counseling because it seemed like that was something he could have used you know, but it's also kind of a message to mental health, too, because it's like that that really felt like like they didn't say, hey, we're going to take away your benefits. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But, hey, we're going to help you get counseling to deal with the stuff that you did in the past. And we're going to help you deal with whatever, because something caused that to happen. Whatever happened beforehand happened. We're going to get you some help at least. But we're not going to do anything else. But they didn't even offer that. They were just like straight up like, no, all your stuff's gone. You don't get to wear the Captain America. You don't get to be Captain America anymore. You don't get to be a soldier anymore. You don't get the benefits that you would have earned for being a soldier. Nothing. Man. You know, and it's just like, you know, I, I just would have, I just, it would have been nice if somebody had been like, hey, can we get him a psychologist? We get him somebody to help him deal with this. There might be some rage issues going on. I'm just saying. I mean, to be fair, 
how many people would look at that situation and be like, let's get this guy psychiatric help Mm -hmm. because that doesn't happen very often in real life. And especially for former soldiers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Regrettably, that is actually a whole other issue. Um, But... I remember my dad talking about... Oh, Sorry, go ahead. And uh, I was just going to say that, uh, and uh, that's actually a really, really big issue. And uh, I think that if, I think that there may be a person or two out there that might look at the show and be mad because they don't touch more on those topics. To tell you the truth, the show touched up on a lot of different topics for the amount of time that it had. So, I mean, I respect it for what it does. There's a ton of topics, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, to bring it back to Isaiah, um, I really respect Sam for immediately calling out that centuries of bitterness attitude that is still built in. Mm-hmm. And that he was willing to one confront that and try to have a perspective outside of it because ultimately Captain America is about hope. Yep. And Sam I it's it, it's almost kind of strange to me because it almost feels like Sam might have always been that way. Um, sure, he second-guessed himself and he didn't think that he was worthy to carry on the mantle of Captain America. But uh, Sam's sense of hope and justice, I feel like, was actually this emotional through-line that kept him the whole way going through. Hmm. And I thought it was just cool for him to use that to counterpoint Isaiah Bradley and all that rage and bitterness. And quite frankly, um, all that misguided uh, sorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I like, like, and like, I, I feel like too, you know, they're okay. So, the exploits of African Americans, especially in that world, in a soldier's world, um, my dad talked about that. That's one of the things he talked about as an army person. He said there were a lot of times where he was not only in America. I think one of the things he talked about was he had fought Vietnam. He remembered coming home to Tennessee, and he was still a nigger. Um, he was still a dude that was not regarded. As much he was still treated as he was still treated as a third class citizen in a, a city where he had grown up, and he literally was using his abilities to help defend the world from a threat. But they couldn't see him as a soldier. And he said, "It's one of the things that hurt the most was him not being seen as a soldier, not seeing seen as a person who defended everybody, and that he was willing to put aside." personal stuff to do a job to be the protector for our country and so it's interesting when you look at Sam and you look at 
also you look at um, Isaiah because it's the idea that even though Isaiah saw it as they didn't they didn't treat me this way they disrespected me so I'm never going to hold any value in them I don't feel like they're going to do anything that's going to benefit me or the rest of the people that are like me and Sam looked at it as more like okay yeah there are hardships yeah there are struggles yeah we're still seeing a lot of this stuff but I'm always going to go out there believing the best or as he said in his speech that we can do better I loved that. I loved the uh, just running the point on uh, we can do better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to consider the fact that he literally goes through the whole thing. I'm not blonde haired. I'm not blue eyed. I don't have any special powers. I just have the power of believing we can do better. It's all like that's a man. That's the most Captain America thing you could probably could have said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, Steve had his speech about, like, never giving up, even in the face of impossible odds. And Sam follows up with, you know, we can do better. Mm-hmm. We're capable that's, of it. That's yeah. Thing, man. Yeah. yeah. So do we want to talk about the speech? Do you want to break that down? and Or do you want to end it with Isaiah? Uh, I, I'm, I'm fine either way, uh, because, um, I'll just say, mm-hmm. um, that there was, there was stuff about this show that I wasn't super fond of, mm-hmm. but that like okay. on a personal thing, I didn't think it made the show bad. Mm-hmm. It just was stuff that I personally was just like, not a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's like it, the show felt like it got pretty preachy in places and um i like the kind of stuff that sam was talking about in his speech mm-hmm. i like the ideas that he was trying to put forth mm-hmm. it was just like i don't know if now it's an appropriate time to be given this speech sam there's still bad things happening <laughs> there's still bad guys running around can we take care of that first sam <laughs> he's like no <laughs> can we take right, care of the right, rest of the flag right, smashers <laughs> right now that since we got the pol- we got the politicians right in front of me right now now's the perfect time for me to give this speech which i agree is an important speech but just because of the situation Maybe just move it after the flag smashers <laughs> that would probably be helpful um but it was like and 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 it felt preachy um car the same with carly felt preachy in a lot of places um and um isaiah mm-hmm. in many places felt really preachy it should, um yeah. and, and and that's that's mainly because i personally am a a person in my life experiences i'm i'm very kind of middle of the road when it comes to everything and i feel like a lot of people have a good point and anybody that is like i don't see that other side i don't see the point of whoever else i'm i'm talking about like people that refuse to like look at it from a different way mm-hmm. they are really annoying to me mm-hmm. um and so like both carly and isaiah I'm like both of you are really wrong here. Mm-hmm. For for like, I it shouldn't diminish the kind of things that you had to go through. Carly had to go through a lot of things, and it had to do with the blip, and had to be with being relocated. You know, and it's terrible stuff. And it's there's a hard like we don't know how that needs to be solved. 
um, mm-hmm. the stuff with Isaiah. Mm-hmm. He went through some terrible stuff, and it many of it was racially motivated, mm-hmm. and it did make him feel subhuman. And that's real. That's that's mm-hmm. life stuff, and real life people mm-hmm. have had to go through that. But he's like, um, the government sucks. America sucks. I don't like, and I'm, I don't want to listen. There is to, no hope. There's no it's hope for never that. Never going to get better. And I like. Then I'm like, now you've just made yourself wrong here, Isaiah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, um, even though I agree the most with Sam, mm-hmm. I was just all like, I've seen too many speeches from preachy people <laughs> so out. far. Little burnt, little burnt out on that right there. Thank you, little Captain bit America. Out. But I don't. Thank you, Captain America. And I'm more than happy to call you Captain. Also, that was so funny where the guy was all like, "Hey, it's the Falcon." He's like, "No, nah, that's Captain America." And then oh, everybody Captain was America. all like. Yeah, okay. Like, ah, okay. Like, like totally Nobody fine with that. No, this. not a single person had, a, had any problem with that. I lo- Nobody I, I, went, I thought. I thought Captain America looked different. <laughs> nobody like, was yeah. nobody, like, "Wait, was it John Walker just Captain America?" Didn't we? What, I thought. I thought we got a new Captain America. I want somebody to be that one uninformed person. Yeah, and be all like. Uh, I heard Captain America killed a guy over in Prague yeah. with his shield. <laughs> he thinks that Sam Captain yeah, America yeah. was uh, the one yeah, who did it. That's what I'm saying. Like, has yeah. no information, yeah. completely uninformed. <laughs> and then somebody has to be all like, what? I don't know. No, no. I don't think this is the same person. <laughs> and then that person who first instigated has to be all like, I think I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> That would be more realistic. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so that was that was mainly my problem with the speech. I agree with what Sam had to say. Mm-hmm. I agree with the points that he made. Uh, I was just all like, I've heard too many speeches in this show already, yeah. and I'm burnt out from them. Yeah, I feel like it could have just been done differently. Yeah, that I would have liked it better. Yeah. Um, but oh. you know that that's me. I was just yeah. like, by this point in the show, I was just like. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I should. Uh, I feel the need to reiterate that at the very beginning of this, Jingles pointed out that these are personal issues. Right. All of this yeah. is going to come down to taste. Yeah, that's a taste thing. And yeah. uh, not every oh, like you can't you can't argue taste. Everybody's taste is just no. going to be different. Um, right. And and for- I've I've tried to make it very explicit that when it comes to to things that i personally didn't like mm-hmm. and i don't even say i had issue with yeah because if there's something that i had issue with i that would imply that i thought it was bad yeah but mm-hmm. something that personally i was i didn't like that very much yeah um i try to uh make sure to reiterate that it's yeah. something i was like ah, i didn't really like that yeah um but I, th- I don't think it makes it bad and i don't think they were wrong for doing it mm-hmm. it was just something where it's just like i didn't really like that yeah you know, <laughs> I get that. And I can understand. I can understand where that comes in, especially in a situation where you know we had Val give her speech, we had John Walker kind of give his multiple little mini speeches, we had you know Sam give a speech at the very beginning. I kind of it would have been nice. I would have loved a little bit of surprise. I know we didn't need it really because he's going to end up being in his own Marvel Disney Plus series at some point. It would have been interesting if in the last episode something would have happened where War Machine showed up. I remember... Just because in that first episode, James was in, Rhodey was in that first episode, so I thought it would have been cool to see War Machine show up even for that just a moment. I remember with, uh, uh, the, the other videos that I saw 
Or it's just like all this stuff is happening. Why isn't War Machine helping? <laughs> I feel like it would help more in the in the storytelling and in, in trying to make the case They're of both, like, uh, War like Machine black superheroes and, and stuff. They got the Dora Milaje, yeah. more black superheroes. They unfortunately couldn't get Black Panther because that kind of is in limbo right now as to what they're actually wow. going to do with that. That's they're in talks shaped. about what's going to be happening. Yeah. Hashtag I hope for Umbaku. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the first. ape. The man ape. Uh, but I, I felt like they were trying to push more of an idea of black superheroes with this series, mm-hmm. which I thought was great. And um, Rhodey was there for the first episode for a mm-hmm. few minutes. Yeah. Would have loved to see him more. But that's also because. I love uh, Rhodey. Yeah. I love War Machine. And I love Don Cheadle. Oh, he's great. So much. But that's a personal thing. Fair. Fair. I, I, I think, and honestly, not, not just from a personal standpoint, I think storytelling-wise and th- the point that the show is trying to push, I think it would have been better. It would have made a lot I, of sense. In fact, yeah. like I feel like they had a missed opportunity here having sam talk to Rhodey about what he went through when, when he went to go talk uh with isaiah bradley yeah and be like what do you think about this what is your feelings you Actually, are following you are also essentially a an iron a military man you're following yeah. behind iron man yeah who is another white guy that is gone now yeah and essentially you're iron man now more or less mm-hmm. um uh, what what's that like? What is your feelings for all this? But we didn't get any oh, of that. Can I can point. I add another crinkle? Can yeah. I add another crinkle to that point? Yeah. Uh, another black man in a government who gave him subpar weapons to the point where another person was able to take control of his armor. It took his friend getting in there and unhacking the thing in order for him to be back in control of the armor. And even the weapons that they supposedly put on it were faulty at best. So if you think about it, War Machine and Isaiah Bradley, not to the same extent, but they had they got went through some similar stuff. I, uh, you know, they yeah. weren't gonna give they weren't gonna give they weren't gonna give a black man the best weapons. They had better weapons on the other robots, the ones that were the drones I, that uh, he had. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, disagree there. Yeah, uh, I feel like okay. all of his weapons. Except for one. Yeah. All the rest of his weapons work totally fine. Yeah. The whole is the there was only one weapon that didn't. Except oh, for... That, that, that bunker, what was it? The bunker breaker? <laughs> the ex-wife. The yep. ex-wife that did nothing. Yep. The ex-wife. <laughs> but the, the other weapons he had worked totally fine. Now, uh, I also want to say... Um, Oh gosh, I I lost it. There was a Sorry. there was a point I wanted to make about uh, Rhodey. Yeah, about Rhodey and about in Iron Man. Uh, oh, that's what it was. Um, I uh, I agree with uh, Will on on some of that, and mm-hmm. I see his point. Uh, but I am really tickled by the term unhack. <laughs> you had to unhack him. <laughs> had to backhack. Well, yeah, because yeah, because Tony had a system in place in case something happened where somebody hacked the suit. No, no, no. Because uh, was really... 
That's not what I'm. That's not what I'm tickled by. I am tickled oh. by the term. I, I created a word on hack. Unhack. I, 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 I like the idea of, of reverse hacking, which is the process of reversing the footage of somebody hacking. So you're hitting the buttons in the exact opposite direction <laughs> to undo the hack. I'm getting back hacked. <laughs> um, yeah. I totally yeah. get what you're talking about, though, bro. With, uh, I, I, feel, I feel like that, that was a missed opportunity to have yeah. Rody also in there to kind of yeah. give his experience. That would have been a great perspective because he's been doing it for longer than Sam has, mm -hmm. and he's got a lot of experience as another army man. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it would have given Sam another mm -hmm. perspective to like look at and talk yeah. to somebody about. Yeah. Um, and I now that I'm actually really thinking about it, oh man, I'm like, I'm sad, yeah. <laughs> That would have been a good. That, that would have been super good. That yeah, exactly. That would have been a great opportunity. Yeah. That is a big whiff. I will mm. admit, because I was gonna say when it comes down to taste and everything, I actually really like the show. Uh, oh, I liked the show too. Like I, I really and you know those other things that like Jingles has problems with, I don't have a problem with, and that's just due to my own personal taste. Yeah, I will say overall, yeah, yeah. I really really like the show. Yeah, that but it, there were point yeah things about it that bugged me. Yeah, so uh, far not a ten out of ten like the Mandalorian, but yeah. still pretty good. Still pretty good. Yeah. Um, however, uh. Even I'm willing to admit that not allowing Rhodey to be that part in the narrative for Sam. You see, this is called an objective narrative choice mm -hmm. and, and a creative choice. And they had to make a creative choice to not allow Rhodey into the story. And because they didn't, and we can sit there and think about how much of a missed opportunity that was, I have to say I creatively disagree with his exclusion. Mm-hmm. That would have been great. That would have been really that would have that the way you're saying you got me convinced. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh, yeah, to uh to come back to the topic of uh taste and your mileage may vary. Um it all depends. Some people uh are gonna hear this and they're gonna roll their eyes because you know we've heard this one before. Some people are going to hear it and it's going to really move them, which is good because that's what art does. Even commercial art, mm -hmm. it should aspire to inspire and move people. And there are going to be some people that are going to see this and they're going to go, huh? And they're going to move on with their days. And then there are going to be mm -hmm. some people that aren't going to catch any of this. And they're only going to see the references to other properties. Yeah. Because that's just sort of an attitude that also comes with this. There's probably going to be a handful of people that are going to come along and be like, okay, well, but how does it tie in to uh, Dr. Strange? And, <laughs> you know, they're going to completely miss the point. And yeah. I think at the end of the day, for me, I think that I admire and respect the earnestness of the show that being said i totally understand if there are people out there that are going to be rolling their eyes because they're tired of hearing it or 
as I've also come to understand it, um, there is another perspective that's not often considered, and that is the perspective of people that feel like they're tired of hearing guilt put on them. Especially when it comes to race. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, to uh, I'd be foolish to not try to consider that perspective as well which is on which is in the grand scheme of things incredibly ironic because there are people that watch things like this and are going to come away with i'm tired of being told that white people are bad and it's really ironic to me because, and I mean, Will, what I mean, how often has have movies of old for just portrayed oh, black people are bad or stupid mm-hmm. or whatever? And Birth of a nation. do well, I need well, to mention? It? Well, yeah, no, <laughs> not really, but I get the reference. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, a perspective that I feel like isn't often considered. But I also advise that viewing go- that movie going audience to try to look outside of that because Falcon and Winter Soldier is not trying to do that. Like when it comes it's to Isaiah, a, Pratt, a main point of the narrative. Yeah, that's not the main point of the narrative. The main point of the narrative is not white people are terrible. Um, and the main point of the narrative isn't, um, like, oh, nations should stop being nations or, uh, we should support radicalists. Um, the whole crux of the show is Sam, are you willing to accept the burden of the sheer wall, the sheer ocean of implications that come with being Captain America. Mm-hmm. That's the whole question. That's the whole thing. Um, and I respect it for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that to funnel the whole show into just one question about race, I feel like is missing the greater scope of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are those are those are more or less my closing thoughts. Okay, all right, and, and that's definitely good. To, anything else? Because I do have one other thing that I was reminded of as I was actually looking through some stuff. So I wanted to make sure everybody got their final points out on the show before I said anything else. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I I'm taking the time right now just to to see um, what everybody's. Uh, rank is oh their their power rank no their their military rank oh okay well i can tell you that roadie is a colonel yep yeah. roadie is a colonel mm-hmm. which means he out outranks sergeant james buchanan barnes <laughs> by, by the way how awesome was that when bucky was walking into the thing in that last episode and asked to refer to him as sergeant barnes 
I did like that. Like I thought that was a neat nod to the fact that people recognize he had rank in the mm-hmm. military. And it wasn't Winter Soldier. No. It was like, Sergeant it wasn't uh, for so long, you know, it's like he was even saying, you know, I- I'm not the Winter Soldier. I am James Cannon Barnes. I'm here to make penance or whatever. Right. And it was really cool that he was recognized for who he actually was before he became the Winter Soldier. So I thought that was really cool how they did that. Yeah. Uh, Sam is a, a sergeant in the U.S. Air Force. Oh, like as a sergeant in the in the Army is the same as the sergeant in uh, the Air Force. No, Sam. Oh, Sam is a sergeant. Sam is also a sergeant. Yeah, okay. Sergeant. So, so Bucky and Sam have the same rank, just Aww, of, of different, that's uh, cute. different uh, military branches. Well, not anymore. <laughs> Sam's captain now. Yeah, but I don't think he's him that rank just yet. I think that's something he got for the suit. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Will, closing thoughts. All right. So, not so much closing thoughts, but I do want to give one thing because apparently. Uh, by the way, if you want something funny in your world in the land of nerdy, uh, I believe on Twitter and on Instagram, they're they're both named as just Black Nerd Problems. Yeah. Uh, they a YouTube channel and stuff like that. They have been giving Sam Wilson the business uh, after the last episode of uh, Falcon Winter Soldier for different reasons. Uh, they've had these really interesting interchanges between Storm and AO and Shuri. And then, of course, they use the little cartoon images. And this one I thought was the funniest one, so I'm going to read it real quick. And uh, end on talking about the biggest critique, one of the biggest critiques a lot of people have in the series, which is Sam's inability to fight hand-to-hand. <laughs> but I've got a commentary on that, but I'm going to say that read this first. Ayo, anyway, Bucky said Sam's wings got broken, uh, broke again and asked for a fix. Y'all know that boy can't fight. What was I supposed to do? Shuri, oop, uh, stop. He holds his own, though. Storm, he does a bunch of up uh, Olympic gymnastic tumble routines. Each fight, and the judges give him L's, girl. <laughs> so, that's kind of their response to to to, uh, to Sam and the whole thing. They've been, I mean, it's been a lot of stuff about the fighting skill. So it's like they're, everyone's like, oh, he was such a power, good fighter. All the way up through like end game, I was like, he shot people a bunch. He flew around and he shot people, and he would land and like knock out multiple opponents with wings. And to, to be honest, I don't think many of us would have hands against GSP. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. In a world where GSP is is playing Batrock the Leaper, I think you're just gonna get owned. Like that's but- kind of the point. But but he's GSP. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like, uh, when I saw that, you know, we were talking about parallels, and you know how when when Cap and C- Captain America Winter Soldier, he fights Batrock, and he's, and he's owning him. Yeah. And like, Batrock's like, wait, I thought you were more than a shield. Yeah. And he's like, let's find out. And he puts the shield away, and it's just him and fat, it, hand-to-hand combat. Right. And just fight. There's a squab and a cat whoops him. Now, the reason why that's so different is because Sam hasn't had to do super hard levels of hand-to-hand combat yet. His Most of his fights have been at distance and surprise tactics. Mm-hmm. 
And so he's not going to be this hand to hand. No one, none of the movies ever established Sam as this hand to hand combat master. Right. So I don't understand why everybody thought, oh, well, Sam's Captain America now. Obviously, he's going to be. No. <laughs> Dude, I, he's. he's I can totally fighter. see that. Yeah. So people expecting him to be able to throw down like Steve. Uh, are you watching the same stuff? Because I'm pretty sure he never was established to be that kind of fighter. So right. can he learn? I think so. Will he get better over time? Yeah. I mean, he's still trying to learn how to use a shield. Mm. And so I don't understand why people were thinking he was going to come in there and just be like, oh, Sam's going to be a baller now. He's going to come in there and just start whooping everybody. Like, that, that's not, like, you earn that right. Listen, you don't. Uh, will. Anybody <laughs> will complain about anything when they're not paying attention. Okay. I'm saying that those people clearly weren't paying attention. Fair enough. Fair enough. I dig uh, it. But you had one last thing to share? Well, no, that was my last thing to share. Oh, okay. Just talking about Merlin's <laughs> that- that- uh, inability <laughs> to fight hand-to-hand combat and how different things. But, yeah, mm-hmm. one of them was, one of, one of them was like a, a, they, were, they were ripping Zemo and how Zemo was there. So it's like, A.O. was like, hey, listen, Bucky handed over Zemo, who was super annoying with his wokeness for the entire trip to the raft. He kept talking about Marvin Gaye and mentioning Storm, how he took an African-American studies class. A.O. was like, yes. Oh, so he's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, they just, they just kind of they just kind of ripped the show from kind of this uh, interesting perspective. But, I, but I've laughed at that more times than I probably should be Accountable to laugh at it, but see the hero there. Uh, but that's my end point, uh, guys. First of all, thank you so much for being willing to come on and talk Falcon Winter Soldier with me. Yes, or, of course. Now, I'm sorry. From this point on, I'm gonna try to just call it Captain America Winter Soldier because that's what it is now. You better. Um, I think we talked about everything. I think we talked about the end. We talked about Sharon. We talked about. We talked about. Uh, oh. Oh, I do got one other quick thing to say. How is it that the white dude's going to show up to the black barbecue at the end being the latest one? Uh, because he's hungry. Like, I was just sitting there going, because when I saw it, I was like, okay, so he's on CPT and everybody else is on time? That doesn't normally <laughs> happen. But then it was just like, um, by the way, if you know what CPT is, you know what CPT is. If not, I'm not going to explain it to you. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, the only other thing I'd say was I thought it was interesting that he brought the cake with him. Yep. And I can imagine the conversation being something like this. He calls Sarah. It's like, hey, girl, how's it going? Going all right. Sarah's on his barbecue. It's like, what can I bring? Sarah's like, tell her to bring the mac and cheese. She's all like, Sam says, bring the mac and cheese. He's like, look, I've been white wolf for a while. I know how this works. Okay. Like, I am not bringing mac and cheese. I'm not that good of a cook at mac and cheese. There's no such thing as just mac and cheese to, 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 to most folk. I, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to fall for that trap, Sam. Tell him he can laugh all he wants to. I ain't doing it. I am not just showing up with mac and cheese. This is a, hell of a read, Will. <laughs> Very much so. Anyway, You're on the so, mac and cheese. <laughs> Mac and cheese thing. Ma- then, are, you, are you trying to say white people don't know how to make mac and cheese? I am not saying that because I've met many white people who can. 
But in a situation like that where he's on his way to the party, you don't try to make back. I don't care who you are. You don't try to make mac and cheese that, that late into the ballgame when you've been invited to a party. Look, the, there's only one thing that I've ever heard from from black comedians, um, and it's that the, there's only one thing 100% of the time you white people never bring. can't seem to make. Yeah. And white people can't seem to make potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> that was even a good SNL uh, skit that with uh, the great Chadwick Boseman uh, where uh, mm-hmm. Kenan Thompson was sitting there and Kenan was sitting there doing a the thing. He's like, uh, okay, T'Challa. He was playing T'Challa. Yes. And he was like, so T'Challa... Um, what do you tell this woman? And he was like, I think I'm starting to understand now. Yeah. He's like, so this woman, she probably doesn't season her food very well. Uh huh. And if she does, she seasons it with weird things like dates and berries and such. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh. <laughs> and so I don't know how else to feel. I look at her and say, hell no, Karen. Keep your blind ass potato salad at home. <laughs> <laughs> that was... Yes. Uh... That yeah. was that was Marvel Jeopardy, no, or that was just was, their Jeopardy that was game. Black Jeopardy. Yeah, Black Jeopardy. That's what it was. It was Black yeah. Jeopardy featuring uh, Prince T'Challa of Wakanda. Yeah, yeah, Wakanda yeah. forever. <laughs> what right. is to honor her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so, yeah, it is, it is just a thing. And so, like, it's like just go to the store and get a cake, but. I can do that. I can go to the store and get a cake on the way. I'll be a little bit late. And she's like, that's okay, baby. You just go ahead and be like, Sam's like, what? <laughs> what did you say? She's like, I told him it's okay for him to be late. Oh, Will, Will is all in on this Bucky ship. I know. He's with really Sarah. shipping them hard. He's shipping them super hard. Dang, they talk man. once, and he's like, now kiss. Now kiss. <laughs> hey, it's worse because uh, apparently Marvel had to come out this week and say that Bucky is straight. Because oh, well. a bunch of people can ship uh, Bucky as either wanting to be with Sam or and or wanting to be with Steve when Steve was, you know, normal Steve, not old man Steve, not possibly oh, in space know. Steve. I know. Well, leave me. We saw that wave, Will. No, no. He, he saw that Winter Fox and was like, mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, what a wild time! Yeah, yeah. definitely that, was. It is. Oh, it's a, so, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I know we we talked a lot about other things, and I appreciate you greatly coming on and being willing to talk to me. Next week, we're gonna talk about Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Well, go ahead, keep going. We're gonna get, we're gonna keep going here. You go ahead and finish up. All the other people are, but Johnny Cage for some reason. And there's this other dude who shows up, right, named Cole, and he shows up. We will talk about him. Cole, we will talk about next week. All right, guys, thank you so much. Rascal Bros, y'all want to say anything to close this out before we before we finish off and sign off officially? Um, hey, listen, people out there, don't be stupid. Watch where uh, watch where you're going, and uh, watch the what's right in front of you, and try to retain the information that you gain. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs>
<laughs> Beretta? I like the, I like the, don't be stupid. <laughs> hey, everybody. Don't be stupid. Everybody, use your brain. Please do. Yeah. Woo! Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. For our incredibly biased review. We, <laughs> we, we, uh, 10 out of 10. Best, 10 out of 10 best show. Best, best show, show ever. No problems. Oh, we didn't I, talk about I, that. Uh, um, I did do, they did. They were the first Disney Plus show to be number one on streaming. So they did beat out The Mandalorian for that top spot as well as WandaVision. Okay, just because so. more people watched it doesn't make it better. Um <laughs> Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, Mick Fuller just put up a really interesting tweet. I'll read real quick. Okay. Uh, not that this has anything to do with Captain America and Winter Soldier at all, mm-hmm. unless we consider that Mick Foley should be considered a super soldier uh, for reasons. Dear Vince, an all-women's brand needs to happen in WWE unless you want AEW to beat you to the punch. Sincerely, Mick, hashtag, or tagged Vince McMahon. Thanks, Mick. Thanks, Mick. <laughs> we'll be sure to listen to you if we ever need to learn how to take a fall. Oh. Hey, hey, the man lost. The man has parts of his body all over the planet. I'm sure there's clones <laughs> of McFoley out there somewhere. <laughs> Point still stands. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you guys so much for checking us out and appreciate you sticking with us here on Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. Above all else, guys, do me a favor. Be blessing me, blessing to somebody. Take care, guys.